Metallica, here they come, the kings of metal. This is Jom from Bukasa. You're listening to a Metal of Your Podcast. Welcome to Metal of Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. And I'm Paul Moat. And I'm Metalliclaws. Metalliclaws oh is my in the house. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, so oh. everybody, tis the season. Tis the season. This, this in itself is a gift. It's the first time it's ever happened on the show where there are four of us recording in the same room at the same time. This uh, feels like a podcast. This feels like a panel. <laughs> Only took us two hundred and ninety-six <laughs> episodes for it to finally That's feel right, like yeah. a podcast. Yeah. I feel like we're at like South by Southwest, and we're, we're we're at the podcaster event, and we're doing a panel. I feel like we're like and no one's here. Six months away from having someone with a computer in that corner, and they fact check things that we say, ah. and look up dates. You know, like Joe Rogan. Like yeah, we yeah. have a screen right Jamie, here. Jamie, like Jamie, the yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah, right. That needs to be next. Uh, you know, if the, sure. Yeah, we'll see. Does we that can, mean we're doing every episode here now? Yeah. We'll see if we can get it in the budget for 2021, Ethan. We'll have to talk to our board of directors. Yeah, we. Well, I need to talk to our, our financial guy too. Guess, guess who's on the board of directors though? Us, me, and you. <laughs> The only thing about that, you got to make sure that person has a police uniform. Yeah. That's true. I have to, I have to gain forty more pounds, right. and then don a this simply don a police outfit. Exactly. Well, yeah. here's the deal: the last three episodes, because Ethan was on vacation, yeah. I did a couple of episodes with our friend Tom Quee over at Alpha Batalka. Hi. Uh, hello, hello and greetings, Hi. salutations. salutations. <laughs> um, and so there's been a bit of a break from our normal sauce. I did an interview with Mick Wall that's been very well received. Me and Mick Wall are basically best friends now. I did think about you when I was interviewing Mick because how many times. I know all of us probably did this, but I thought about you specifically, Paul. How many times did we listen to Get in the Ring oh, as dude. kids mm-hmm. when yeah. Axel's going off on Mick Wall? Yeah. Mick Wall and Craig. And then finally. Bob Guccione Jr. <laughs> I mean, you want to do the whole thing? What, you pissed off because you're the guy that's more pussy than you? <laughs> I could do the whole thing. I actually <laughs> fantasized. I thought maybe Mick might be like, do you really know the whole thing? And then I could do, recite the whole thing for Mick Wall. It didn't happen. Yeah. Didn't happen. Shoot. But we did do three episodes that were not our usual flavor. So I'm delighted, beyond words almost, to report to everyone out in Melody Podcast land that we're here, we're back, and not only is it our normal, we're referred to in the emails we're about to read as a dynamic duo. That's right, of course. We've got our honorary third host, yep, yep. guest host, Paul Moak, here at lovely HQ3. Mm-hmm. And then Metalliclaws himself, Chris just one of our good friends, great friend of the show. You all know him, you all love him. Could the sauce get any more potent? I don't think it can. It's a Festivus miracle. It really is. I'd also like to point out what a trooper Chris here just is. He drove 10 hours to be here today. I thought you were going to say he walked 10 hours in the snow. <laughs> Uphill both ways, too. Because yeah. that would be, honestly, they would be more of a trooper if he did that. He drove to the hill in 10 a lu- hours in and a luxury then automobile. In a luxury, he pulled up in this baller Mustang. He did. And we were like, is Drake here? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Did we invite Jay Z to the podcast? I, I forgot Jay Z was our guest tonight. But it turns out, lo, lo and behold, comes out Chris Yurgis, not only uh, with the gift, because honestly, if you didn't show up with a gift, I mean, we would be like, who are you? You're a shell of yourself. Yeah, right. But he showed up with black and whiskey for all of us. Yeah, yep. he did. And he showed up not as a gift, but just to show off 
his beautiful red sparkle Ouija Kirk guitar. Yeah. He will be playing the solo to Disposable Heroes later. Right. That's right. <laughs> Everybody get your earplugs ready now. Yeah. He spent the last six months of quarantine learning it note for note. No, but it is good to have you here. Welcome to Nashville. No, I'd love to be here. It's very good to see your face. And speaking of that, I mean, by the way, should we talk about what the episode's going to be? Do we need to let the babies out there know what we're going to be doing today? I mean, they've probably read it in the title, but why not? Sure. <laughs> you're, you're assuming that most of our listeners know how to read. Oh, JK, 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 yeah. JK, JK. We know that most of our listeners are Rhodes Scholars, and that's fine. Uh, but we are going to be ranking our album openers. Now, I stole this idea, and I'm, ha- I'm happy to say it. Admit it. From Single Podcast Theory, my buddies, Brad and Brad, who do the Pearl Jam podcast. And I figured they stole so much from us over the years <laughs> <laughs> that I might as well steal something from them. So they did a really fun episode where they ranked all the album openers. And that's what we're going to do today. And it's going to be a nice time. Everyone has notes. A little guy named Paul Moak wasn't super prepared. I guess he's still kind of screwed up. Did you still screw it up yeah. after all we've been through? Can- can I give him the timeline of everything real quick? Sure. Let's get yeah. a play-by-play, because so you, this is important. Did, what, what was the original text that you texted me last night? Will you please... This is why we need the little fact-checker we need a fact, person. We need, we need a stenographer. You mean, yeah. le, like, the initial text asking you... Oh, when I... Okay, when I texted you, just the two of... Just the two of us. <laughs> no, 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 the one last guy. night. <clears throat> or did yeah, you... Yeah, yesterday morning, I okay. said, would you be down to do an episode with us and you're just tomorrow night? Easy one. We're going to rank Metallica album openers. Okay, I did not see the word album. Then, okay. no response from, from Paul. Well, I, was, I was working all day. Hey, we've don't brag you, about having a job. work on Instagram. <laughs> and then, six and a half hours later, I sent him a gif of... <laughs> Ernie of Burton Ernie on a banana phone. <laughs> then he finally says, "Sorry, dude." That's when he knew Crazy he had a Crazy day tracking. Just no answering texts. Yeah, man, I'm in. Oh my god, oh, I love dude. Southern California, Paul. That's a pretty good yeah. Paul, right? Dude, yeah. I'm so sorry. I was on the 101 heading down to Valencia. I just got your text, dude, I bro. I just stopped for tacos. Okay. <laughs> okay, so obviously I didn't pay attention to your text very well. Right. Right. So. Uh, we were texting last night, and I thought in my head what I had read was we're going to rank all the Metallica openers, like as in all the bands that have opened up for Metallica. <laughs> it's going to be a six-hour episode. Ever. <laughs> and I was freaking out. Like, I don't. I, there's no way we can like condense this. You're into, like telling your kids, you're like, sorry guys, daddy's going to be gone for a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, whatever. Well, I'll just fly by the seat of my pants. And then last night. So, one of you guys cl- cleared it up, right? Well, I I thought we did. Right. <laughs> you actually just moved it to the next phase of confusion, which was no, it's it's. Uh, We're gonna rank the album openers as album, the songs that start the albums. Right. For, for whatever reason, <laughs> I until right now on this podcast thought you meant the songs that they use to open their shows with. <laughs> Still in concert world. Still. So that's how I have my order. And I'm going to stick to it. Do the doobies come with the dreadlocks? <laughs> yeah. Is Look, that... I know we made a reggae record together yeah. two years ago. Well, they hold all the smoke in. So, you know? <laughs> so let me understand this. So we had to take a break before we started so that you could get caught yes, up on what the premise I, of the whole is. I didn't is. know that I needed my own list. But then you still didn't do it right? Or did you do I it I still right? didn't do it right. I, what I have here, this is a list. Of their opening songs. Of, like Bread Fan and... Of no no of the songs that you guys sent to me, uh-huh. assuming that they're opening songs for Metallica sets, and uh-huh. then I ranked those. But I guess that's still kind of that'll works. count. That'll yeah. work. Okay. That'll do, pig. <clears throat> that'll do, pig. 
It's going to get weird, though. Okay. Because my number one opener is not my number one album opener Oh, at my all. God. Wow. But we're going to roll with it. Okay. We're going to roll with it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast. Yeah, we're a professional podcast that's been going for almost four years. I'm sorry. Uh, you know what, though? I can already tell because of the vibe. We're going to have a lot of fun. I'm having a great time. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Clint already took his jacket off. I'm getting real close because this one's real I had warm. to take my jacket off because it got a little hot in here, but not because of the actual temp. By the way, put the abreve on temp. Uh, just because there's so much beautiful man sauce in this tracking room <laughs> that, I'm, that the internal temperatures of my body went up. Yeah. And we have to note that uh, Clint and Ethan Barr are both sporting their Metallica Hawaiian shirts. Oh, so let, let, let's, oh, let's also, let, by the way, let's bring three. up what else Paul forgot tonight. I sent Paul the communication, the clarity of the communication was chef's kiss, where I said, don't forget your Hawaiian shirts tonight. Yeah. Paul forgot his Hawaiian shirt. Chris is, Chris is wearing an S&M 2 shirt. Yeah. It's a golf shirt. Were oh, you yeah. on the links today? Because it's like a, it's like a, it's a nice. Oh, okay. Okay. Paul's away from the mic, so I'll, I will. Uh, okay, he's oh, got. Paul's oh, wearing start, a, hard, start, a hardware think, shirt. No, I think it's his. Uh, it's a hardware shirt. Oh, it is the hardware shirt. Dude, come on, man. I'm seeing some midriff right now, Chicka, so pardon me if I just to stutter so a little bit. Yeah, it does. It does. Okay. Paul yeah, is okay, literally okay. taking off his pants right okay. now. Oh, Metallica tidy whities. Wow, where'd you get those? Now I feel much better. Hey, man. Okay. Hey, you know what? Point. Point taken. We're all representing in some way or another. <laughs> Point taken. Okay, cool. So now we're here. Now we're going to do some housekeeping. Everyone knows what we do when we do the housekeeping. We're going to do a little bit of Metallica news because we got to talk about this Allison Chain show. Yes. Uh, and there's a couple of other things that have happened. Uh, the boys released them. The, the boys have done some very corporate things in the last couple of days. We'll have to talk about that. Right. Some little bit of mixed feelings about some of that. But I do think before we really get the party started, Ethan and you can, uh, of course, you have veto power. Sure. We're okay. the bosses of uh, okay. Melbourne Podcast Industries. Um, should we do the unveiling of the gift? I mean, we've introduced Metalliclaus himself. And everyone knows Metalliclaus. He's, the, he's, the, he's almost the, as famous as we are. He's the gift giver. I mean, he shows up at literally every Metallica show and probably just showers the crowd with gifts as he walks to his front row seat. <laughs> so I think maybe, maybe now is the time. So if you haven't listened, there's an episode a while back where you were at, at HQ1 in my house and you bestowed upon us these amazing gifts of these plaques you had made of us hitting a million downloads. They're great. They're beautiful. They're awesome. So I think now might be the time. I'm do not, I'm not it, vetoing this. Do, do it, it. Do it. Speech. Speech. <laughs> You've always given us these amazing gifts and it's time for us to... Uh, oh, geez. So we have a gift for Chris. I've, I, ra- I got it all put together today. Christmas wrapping paper. I wrapped it today myself. It's a nice wrapping job, by I the way. I did a good job. You my, do? Wa- my wife goes, you use the girl wrapping paper. And I'm like... And? I didn't even look at the wrapping paper. <laughs> I'm an artist. <laughs> Guess what I was thinking about? A minor and G minor and beautiful lyrics on par with one little Bohemian Rhapsody. I was thinking on... A song that might change the world someday. So, yeah, I didn't look at the wrapping paper, guys. And you know what? As an artist, it's what's about... It's It's about what's on the inside. On the inside, exactly. So, Chris, uh, and Chris, you're surprised by this, right? Uh, This is not what I was expecting. You know, maybe, you know, you told me that you had something for me, Uh but I was maybe thinking something a little different. So, we would like for you to open this on the air. Tis the season. That's a it's a nice socially distance uh, good reach gift there, right? exchange there. Yeah. Actually, yeah, for for your gift, we decided to give you COVID. Is that cool? Yeah, <laughs> I'm the one over here clearing my throat too. <laughs> Sorry. And Chris is opening it. You don't have to be delicate, baby. It's not a snake. 
Yeah, or is it? <laughs> Actually, it might be a python in there. Yeah. Oh, I see a frame. Python. Oh, I love that you opened it from the back first. Ooh, yeah, now yeah, you can, yeah, keep it like that. So keep open it, like it from that. the back first so you can see what it is. So open the back. Get all that beautiful female wrapping paper off. Is it from Italy? Because it says Fragili on the back. It's all the yeah, way from yeah, Italy. It's a, it's, it's a bottle of wine in the shape of oh, a frame picture. Oh, I can't wait for to turn this around. All right. He's got the paper off. Now he's going to behold what it is. And? <laughs> yes. Nice. So what Chris a is nice looking at right caricature. now is a amazing, amazing drawing of him as Metallicos with a sack over his shoulder with a Santa hat on coming out of a chimney. It says Metallicos at the bottom. Uh, brought to you by Tim Brown. In the SM2. In the SM2 Tux. In, yeah, exactly. The famous SM2 Tux. Can, can, we, can right. we just pause for a second? Did you say chimney? Chimney. Okay. I, I probably said chimney. I don't want to take too much of the moment away from yeah. Chris, but I just thought you said chimney. Well, listen. Chim, <laughs> chimney, you, chim, chimney, exactly. chim, chim, If you've seen Mary Poppins... Okay. Spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Okay. go down. Okay. Well, there you go, Chris. Uh, we will, of course, have this on all of our socials. Yeah, we'll post it. Now, all the things that you have given the Metal Up Your Podcast family, that can't compare. It's a token of how much we sincerely appreciate you. Oh, yeah. Oh. Just go ahead and put it on the ground, why don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he doesn't have anywhere you on his wall to put it. You we know that. lean it up against. You are going to have to make some room in your metallic <laughs> cave for that. That is for danger. I feel like he's going to display that in, in the back window of his car on his drive home. I also I'm have. put it right over my bed. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so every night he can fall asleep to the wonderful gazing eyes of his character as Metallicos. And I'm, we got you two extra copies that are rolled up back here that awesome. you can maybe give to friends or family. Or you could get all those framed and have a trifecta of yourself yeah. above your bed i so, don't know what you do in your private time <laughs> so hey huge shout out to tim brown who thank you, illustrated yeah. that. thank he, you tim he as you know he's the one that did the uh, zombie versions of all of us Dude, um, so good tim has done a lot of great artwork for us and so uh i hit him up a while back he's a very busy man but he squeezed in a little time to uh, illustrate metallic claws that's, that's awesome. awesome thank you guys thank sure. you chris all right so let's get down to some of this news let's talk about some of this now I had a really wonderful, I had some wonderful me time last night, and I was texting. I did feel bad about you, Paul, because we were kind of blowing you up last night, <laughs> and you weren't responding to much of it, so I thought, Paul's like in bed, like reading fucking St. Augustine or something, and we're just blowing him up about this Alice in Chains gig. Dude. Let's be clear, when you say me time, were you, were you in the bathtub with bubbles and Chardonnay? I was not in the bathtub, but I was nude. Okay. Mm -hmm. I like to just lay around my house nude. My family loves that about me. Um, <laughs> no, but so... Uh, Allison Chains did this thing for Mopop, which is the Museum of Pop Culture in used Seattle. The, it used to be the EMP. And they do this thing called a Founders Award each year where they sort of pick an artist to honor. And it was, it's Allison Chains' 33rd anniversary. And I'm, I'm having this thing this year. I mean, I, I could have I talked about this for a long time any other year. But I'm having this thing this year where I'm realizing what an important band Allison Chains is to me as a person. Mm -hmm. And so I was so stoked they were doing this. Of course, stoked to see that our boys, the Mighty Metallica, were basically the headliners. I mean, they were the last featured group. But it was basically a million artists. Um, you know, a lot. everyone from Pearl Jam was involved, surviving members of Soundgarden. Mm -hmm. Mark Lanigan. Uh, Mark Lanigan, a lot of Seattle royalty, yeah, Nancy right. Wilson. Some artists I hadn't heard of, some like local up-and-coming artists, which I thought was cool. Korn was there, Billy Corgan. Doing covers of Alice. Alice played a few songs, which I thought mm -hmm. were their perform their two performances were incredible, and it was just a really cool uh, benefit for Mopop. Yeah, that's great. They ended up raising six hundred thousand dollars, which they exceeded their goals, and it was just basically a two and a half hour celebration of Alice in Chains. Yeah, it wow. was fun. It was really fun to watch. So we got to talk about the Metallica performance, obviously, 
They performed Wood, which Ethan, you and I talked about how maybe we were a little surprised. We thought, well, no, because that, that's what, when they finally came back on the scene, there's this famous show, right, mm-hmm. where they were like announcing themselves right before William Duvall, where a bunch of people, there, yeah. he was there, but like, they were already they were already starting to tour as Alice in Chains with him, but but like James came out and sang Wood. Yeah. A bunch of guest mm-hmm. singers came out, and Maynard, yeah. Maynard James Keenan, I think, did Them Bones. Maybe. Yeah, I think it was uh, I think it was Germany or it was at Rockham Ring, Rockham Park, I think. But it's okay. a great performance of Wood with uh, with with Alice in Chains. So they did Wood. Um, they kind of did it the way that they did Blackened twenty twenty. You know, it would have been cool if they would have maybe while they were at HQ doing the All Within My Hands gig. To maybe do it all together live mm-hmm. with electric guitars, but they kind of did it in that they were all in their personal houses. We will have to talk about Kirk's hat. Here, here, I was going to say, here's my impersonation. Yeah. So Kirk put on <laughs> it was real weird. a hat over his headphones. There you go, Paul. Like you, you're like a Kirk gnome right now. <laughs> only if I had my only if I had my shirt off, so you can see. No, you new, didn't. I mean, his new chest tattoo. We have the time now. Okay, so how many of us have seen this yet? I watched it. Uh, okay, I didn't Ethan. see all the performances. I saw Metallica. Okay, did you see it, Chris? Yeah, I did see most of the Metallica video. Now, okay, here's some hot. Let's just do a couple of hot takes. We don't have to camp out here long, but let's do a couple of hot takes. So they were last, so you, we burned down the whole thing. With varying degrees of success on these covers. Mm-hmm. Some of them were phenomenal. Yes, the rain when I die, Dallas Green, was, uh, and that dude resplendent. Was, and that dude, he, uh, he's Canadian. That dude was a singer of like a no need to point that out. Like no need to point that out. Emo, post hardcore, whatever, like a warp tour style band. Yeah. And I saw his performance, and I was like, I know this dude. And I looked him up real quick, and I'm like, oh, he's from that it was a band called uh, Alexis on Fire. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but yeah. that dude absolutely he had the voice crushed, of an a- voice of an angel crushed it. Other highlights for me would have been honestly, Corn did a version of Wood, and everyone knows on the podcast I'm not the biggest Corn fan, right. but they did a great version mm-hmm. of Wood. The bass was audible. It wasn't plinkety plankety. Yeah. You could hear notes. The Mark Lanigan performance, that was... He did Nutshell. They did a couple. Mm-hmm. He did. They did Nutshell. They did Brother. Nancy Wilson playing yeah. Brother. I thought that was great. Alice played Your Decision and No Excuses. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a few that I was a little bummed on that were uh, pre-recorded. I mean, everything was a pre-recorded. A lot of them were pre- oh, I think but, they all were. But I'm, I'm, what I mean is they were pre-recorded, and then they basically filmed a video lip-syncing to what they recorded. That's what yeah. most of them were. And the ones that were kind of bummed me out, because whoever edited them... The editing wasn't very good. Dude. I agree. There was times where like you would see the drummer, and you'd hear a ride cymbal, and he's on the hi-hat. Like, like simple mistakes like that you see like in movies all They're the like time. Like continuity errors. Totally. Um, but let's not focus on that. Too, I mean, we can. Too late. I, I just want to throw that out there. That was my, that no, was like my only. No, it's cool. You put the turd in the punch bowl. That's listen, cool. Listen, we're going to be drinking only... from it the rest of the evening. But there's a turd in it now. <laughs> that was the only takeaway that, that had uh, negativity to me that I was kind of Corey, about, Corey, so. uh, Corey Taylor from Slipknot had kind of an all star band with that Dave Navarro great. and Taylor Hawkins. Yep. And they did Man in the Box, which was really cool. That one was awesome. That one seemed like it was uh, filmed and recorded live, and they just put that out. Definitely some continuity errors in the, errors in the solo. The ed- like editing reasons, yeah. yeah. And Taylor Hawkins' mic wasn't even on. Every time the backup vocals went, you could hear Dave Navarro, and I would see that Taylor Hawkins was singing because he's got a great voice. You yeah. know what? One of my big takeaways in that Man in the Box performance was is like, as because gr- Corey Taylor is a great rock and roll singer. Mm-hmm. I'm not that guy's a heavy metal, actually. I'm not. A, well, Sour, Stone Sour, right? They're a rock band. Yes. Uh, Touche. <laughs> Much please, respect, please, sir. please, please, please. Counterpoint, counter strike. Yes. Uh, but as great as Corey Taylor is, 
he still was struggling to really hit that lane magic in the chorus as a man in the box. That's high, it just man. highlighted how magical that guy was. Mm-hmm. Good grief. Mm-hmm. And just them as songwriters, too. I mean, like, I think them and Soundgarden in particular, the songwriting of those albums are, I don't think, get enough attention. Yeah. Because right. it was heavy and dark and grunge and loud guitars and I'm sad and all that. But the songwriting really comes through. It, can, it always comes through when you see people cover it because yep. you really get a sense of how the song lives. That's out. exactly how I felt on that Dallas Green cover. Like he did such a great job of it. That was so good. Like, that, like when I watched his performance, my immediate thought was I would love to see this in a good sized theater that had amazing acoustics, maybe like the Ryman <laughs> and to see him doing that. We didn't there. have to bring it up tonight. Well, you called me when I was on vacation and rubbed in this my guy, damn glut face. for punishment, man. Yeah. Cause, cause here's the deal, dude. You've not played the Ryman. Chris, you has played the Ryman. <laughs> he, he confided in me earlier that he, he did a show last night. at the, at the Ryman. <laughs> I think, yeah, I forgot. You actually drove 10 hours yesterday to play the a live stream at the Ryman. Well, so, exactly right. so what are your, Chris, what are your thoughts about the Metallica performance? Let's just do a quick little rundown of Metallica's performance. Yeah. I mean, always good to see them looking good. I mean, they look, they look good. They, they definitely look good. Uh, not quite what I would have liked. Yeah. I, I, it's just doesn't quite, I don't think it hit on all cylinders it for me. It seemed a little phoned in. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do the whole song. They only played up until the second second chorus, right? Second chorus ended, and then it was then it was kind of like the the sentimental, you know, James and Lars, which was nice. That was nice because they sure. have, they have some real serious history with them. They absolutely do for sure. But yeah, it was like, I mean, there's only about a minute and a half, two minutes left in the song. You could just play the whole. Well, thing. and plus that that end of that song, Wood, is like the best part. Mm-hmm. I know. Am I wrong? I wanted to see James do all that. I you know. know? Um, How'd you feel about James's vocal on it? I thought James's vocal was the best part. Yeah, I, I really did. Really? I thought it was the best part. Mm. Paul, all right, Paul. You're the pitchy. I guess yeah. a little pitchy. Yeah, that was my thought. Well, I guess, I guess I just like the band more than you guys. First yeah. of all, um, <laughs> I guess too. I I root for them so hard, and I I still have that twelve year old in me that. Which is the, the, great. That they're invincible. Yeah. yeah and I sure. also know that it's such a challenging song to do. And I like that they didn't really fix. I like that it was kind of Raw. R- rough and tumble. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you that's know, Metallica. That's, that's them, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, Kill 'em All was a little overkill on the autotune, I think. But um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I think about Polish, oh, when I think about Metallica, Kill 'em All comes to mind. Yeah. Particularly. For sure. St. Anger. Um, um, no Left to Leather demo, of course. Yeah. Super polished. Overall autotune, for sure. Right. Um, it was just good to see him. It was good to see him. I, I do think it could have been better. And I think to your point earlier, I, I just wish while they had the time at HQ when they're doing the Ultima Hands thing, um, that they would have just knocked that out. I would imagine when they were filmed next, I wasn't that long ago that they knew that they were going to be a part of South and Chains thing, unless maybe I don't know some of the stuff. Maybe it came up last minute and they're like, "Hey, you guys want to do this thing?" And they just at home were like, "Cool, we don't have a lot of time. We're, we're home with our families, Kirk surfing." Um, I mean, the only thing Robert's is, grooming his mustache. How would Kirk have had the time to get that Christmas tree tattoo, <laughs> and also wear the weird hat? Yeah, I really think Kirk. They're like, hey, Kirk, because um, they probably recorded all the parts separately. Yeah, that's that's the vibe for sure. I would imagine that that you know management was like, hey, Kirk, can you send this to us by four p.m. Hawaii time? Sure, no problem. I think he came up from the beach at three forty-five. Yeah. <clears throat> threw threw a little weird I, hat on his head. I also thought, felt like Lars's snare sounded so triggered. Like yes. they replaced his snare with some weird loud trigger. I think it's triggered for sure. Well, he, that was clearly his house, probably 
where he always did the intros to the Metallica Mondays. That, yeah, you know how I could tell? He had 800 cell phones right exactly. by Exactly. You know what's funny? What is he, what's going on with that? No, listen, when, when Metallica first started playing, and it, the first clip of Lars, the first place my eyes went was the table behind <laughs> listen, him. Where Lars, the phones. Listen, Lars, baby, I know you listen, and I'm honored. Can you just, a lot of mysteries about Lars. What does wanna mean? No one knows. Yeah. But I think my number one question isn't about how long it took to edit the drums of the Black Album or what was up with the guy liner in the fucking video in the 90s. <laughs> my question really is, what do you use all those cell phones for? Yeah. You got a burner phone? You got a... What, what's going on? And why don't you have them all on holsters? Just that in is case. a very important point. You know? Right. Like a six-shooter. Right, exactly. What's the, what's the, what's the cowboy's name in Griff? In back... <laughs> Oh, look who just walked oh, into this saloon. I'm Tumbleweed Ron. Uh, Tumbleweed Ron. Do you have a cell phone, Tumbleweed Ron? I don't even know what a cell phone is. Here's what I came equipped with. My two six-shooters and a vendetta from hell. <laughs> I came back from 1982, and they replaced all my base parts with one Mr. Cliff Burton Esquire, and I still got beef with him over that. <laughs> yes, I am wearing assless chaps. I'm Tumbleweed Ron. I do what I want. I do what I want in these parts. All right, let's move on. All right, number two in the news. This oh, is... good. We're at number two in the news. <laughs> <laughs> it's only number two, yeah. There's only 12 more things. That to is talk unless about. Tumbleweed Ron show back up. <laughs> Okay, I like Tumbleweed Ron's like picking out like he just ate like gruel in a saloon. Yeah. He's yeah. picking out the gruel from his teeth with like one of, of one of his enemy's bones. <laughs> right? It's got to be one of his enemy, enemy's bones. <laughs> what else would it be? Okay, over $1.3 million raised at the All Within My Hands gig. Really cool. cool. Nice. That's really awesome. Really cool. Well done. The boys, I think, uh, do an amazing job giving back. And I, I like that the stuff they give back to is, it's interesting. It's like community colleges. And it's really geared towards trade. it's geared towards trade and yeah. and uh, you know it's not an Ivy League type. It, I don't know. You don't see a lot of people give to those kinds of charities. And, right. and then of course also wildfire relief, COVID relief, all that stuff. Food and they do they're big on food banks. Yes, yeah. yes. which I think is so dope. You know you've you've done the day of service. I did, yeah, in Salt Lake City. Have you done that, Chris? I have not been able to because of my travels with work. Unfortunately, oh. I didn't mean to call you out on that. That okay. is a shame. How, so, so, I've, I've how dare to. you? So everyone here has played the Ryman, but... Can I I'm get that Metallicloss uh, <laughs> thing back? I'm the only one that actually, you know, went and helped feed people. <laughs> you did. You guys were on so your... So which, which one of you took out the second mortgage on the uh, Zoom chat with Metallica? That, was that went for over 20 grand? Yeah, that was me. Sorry. Okay. Well, kudos to the people who were able to do that for a great cause. Um, I'd love to hear about how those Zoom chats went. What do yeah. you say to the guys? What do you say when you've paid 20 grand to have a Zoom chat with anyone? What would I even say to Paul McCartney? I mean, it's an it'd be like Chris Farley. You remember? Remember that remember, time? Remember, when you, remember Creeping Death? Remember, that was remember awesome. Remember when you recorded Ride the Lightning? <laughs> remember when you rubbed dirt all over your face? <laughs> hey, buddy, that wasn't dirt. That wasn't in the Hieronymus Bosch yeah. Until It Sleeps video. Yeah. That wasn't dirt. That was a little more uh, organic. <laughs> Right? Uh, no? Okay. Did your hat fall off? It yeah, just, I de-curked myself. de <laughs> I was just about like to comment that it was, it was still over your headphones. All right, number three, Metallica performed for the Dreamforce Tech Conference just uh, yesterday, December 2nd. Somehow, 
connected to Salesforce, which they had Salesforce blasted on all the walls of that all in my hands gig. Now, this is something they did a couple years ago. They played a full set, apparently. I, I had a hard time finding like a set list or anything. It seems like a very corporate thing that they do. I think Lars is very close with the, the head of the CEO of Salesforce. Right. So they definitely have a relationship because he's been on like that guy's podcast. Yeah. Or, you know, they've done some stuff together. What is Dreamforce? Uh, it's a <laughs> side project of Dragonforce. It sounds like a, a cartoon I watched in the 80s. Yeah. You yeah. got Salesforce, Dreamforce. I don't know. They got to pay the bills. I get it. Yeah. The old Nintendo game, Life Force. And they do They do sort of talk about how the tech industry obviously is huge in San Francisco, yeah. right? Of course, yeah. And they do talk about uh, the local community being affected by it. And, and like you said, Chris, I think Lars and Kirk are tight with the Salesforce, Dreamforce people. So, all right, that's fine. Yeah. A little weird, but fine. All right. It's fine. Well, and, 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 and to your comment about not being able to find set lists and stuff like that, Usually when bands of that size play some kind of corporate private event, it's very private. Yeah. It's not very um, fuck Bon Jovi. Remember that? (laughs) Remember fuck Bon Jovi? Yeah. It's a little... We've moved on from that, I think, when we're doing the uh, Salesforce, Dreamforce corporate gig. We're no longer... uh, or like, you know, when they move to San Francisco and they're making fun of, you know, glam is gay LA metal. Right. <laughs> it's a little different. They've evolved. A L- little different. Yeah. yeah. They've evolved. And that's fine. Guess what? I've evolved. Yeah. A little bit. Oh, I mean, I have an account with Salesforce. <laughs> who, who doesn't these days? <laughs> All right. Lastly, in the news, Metallica releases the World Tour edition of Monopoly. Squindo, our homie, who we've wow. done an episode with, did the artwork, yeah, which is very it, cool. It looks great. Have you seen it? Yeah. Just on Instagram. Is it cool? <laughs> Only on the internet. It, it looks yeah. awesome. I, yeah. I really it want does look Don't cool. you have Metallica Monopoly at home? I have the first one. Why aren't we playing that as we do the podcast? Well, I don't know if you guys know. I don't, honestly, I don't know if you guys know this about me. I'm a huge Monopoly fan. Great. Let's play. All right. Well, good night, Dark Continent. This has been episode <laughs> whatever the 207. Yeah. We're going to be going play Monopoly now. Uh, what is cool about... So here's a little press release, which I do think is cool. You can purchase the property with your Metallabucks, acquire all the cities on one continent, and add arenas and stadiums to increase your value, land on one of the Carpe Diem or Shortest Straw spaces, and be rewarded with sticks, picks, and snake pit passes, or... Find with parking and stage repair fees, travel the world Metallica style while building your real estate empire. Player tokens include Lady Justice, Death Magnetic Coffin, Ride the Lightning Electric Chair, Master of Puppets Cross, the Metal Up Your Ass Toilet, and the Scary Guy. So good. That's so Pretty awesome. Fun. Yeah. Imagine telling Metallica in the Kill 'em All days, hey, one day you're going to have Monopoly. A Monopoly game. Again, it's a far cry from the Kill Bon Jovi days. Sure. We're no longer trying to kill Bon Jovi. Which is good, because... Which is fine. We need... I like John Bon Jovi. <laughs> Dude! He's a silver fox How, these days, if, too. Think about this. If they had killed John Bon Jovi on the puppet's Day at the Green or whatever that gig was, when Bon mm-hmm. Jovi flew his little helicopter and bummed their set out, they can't hear me say talk about the land of Goshen with the helicopter. <laughs> That's the... They, they fucking crowded all over my land of Goshen lyric. <laughs> but think about that. Guess what we'd never have gotten if he'd have killed John Bon Jovi that night? A little song wow, wow. in my life where he says, where he, we get the lyric, follow the rainbow and crash into a pot of gold. Who mm. says you can't go home? That's right. <laughs> of all what would we have the done Bon Jovi without? songs we, there to was, reference. There was a, I know. Who says you can't go home? That one. <laughs> Who says? Exactly. Well, it's when he went country, right? It's yeah. when he came in. Ouch. That's when he came into our territory. <laughs> I do believe you were New Jersey singing Slippery When Wet New England up there with your electric guitars. I don't believe we have room enough in this town for the likes of you. 
Back in those days, you had a loaded six string on your back. You used to I'm, play for keeps. <laughs> I heard a tall tale you rode in on a steel horse. That's what I ride. And that you played for keeps. And you you seen a million faces. And <laughs> Yes. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> What's cool about that, Paul, is how in tune it is. I know. <laughs> is that? Here we go. Is that Nashville tune right now? <laughs> Once he, keep on going, Paul. I'm ready. That's right. It's all the same. Well, only the names have changed. I tell you what, every, every day, day, people just seem to pick up and go their separate ways. But I know a place where the faces <laughs> are so cold. You could just go ahead and ride all night trying to get back home. Giddy up. Cause tell you what, cause I'm Tumbleweed Ron, and on a steel horse I ride, I'm wanted, dead or alive. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Metal Up Your Podcast Unplugged. Wow. All right. Oh, man. Now, I'm uh, going to buy Paul a tuner for Christmas. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't know we were doing this bit. <laughs> You're the one that grabbed the guitar. No one told you to. Okay, listen. What are we, 15 minutes in? Is this the greatest episode in the Metal Podcast uh, history? Yes. I, I think we just had a moment right there. <laughs> I, I am sincerely afraid right now that w- what if something happened and we're not recording? Oh, we're recording. This is a recording studio. <laughs> oh, uh, that's all you need. Yeah. This isn't a... Uh, just sit around and not record studio. <laughs> All right, well, let's get through this. Okay, iTunes, you know what to do, babies. Leave the review. It only takes a second. It's really easy. It goes so a long easy. way, and God damn it, we appreciate it. We have a Patreon also, patreon.com slash Metal Podcast. You will hear a commercial for it later. Here's something new and exciting happening mm-hmm. over at the Patreon. We're doing the Mixtape Club. Yes, the spirit of the 90s is alive at Metal Up Your Podcast. Oh, yeah, and 80s. I made a mixtape. I sent it out uh, to Angelo Gonzalez, who's a friend of the show. Everyone knows Angelo. Oh, yeah. Everyone has signed up on Patreon. Maybe 20 people are involved. They're going to get the mixtape. They're going to dub it. They're going to send the mixtape on. I think the next person is Graham Stark in Australia. Damn. And he's going to maybe even send his own mixtape. Everyone's going to sign it on the back of the J card, just like a uh, like a library book. Yeah. And now this new thing is going to be making its way all over the whole fucking world. So cool. That's awesome. We're going to be doing this once a month, different volumes of mixtapes. If you want to get in on the magic sauce, you can join us on Patreon. You also get the cover all our black and EPs, the quarantine covers. What else, Ethan? Uh, all sorts of stuff. You get a uh, B-side from me. You get a lot of demos from Clint. Um, Jesus, I, there's so much stuff there now. I don't even remember. I honestly think it. I honestly think it's too. I think we give, we do too much. We give away too much. Yeah, who's Metallic? Who's Metallic Closet now? <laughs> Apparently not me. I don't know why you don't have your own Patreon to give away things. Yeah, well, there's really a lot of stuff over there. You get you know you get uh, email priority and all this stuff. I mean, we give a lot, everybody. We, we love you. Over we there. care a lot. We care a lot. There we go. I knew you were going to do it. Yeah, fit the more, man. <laughs> Hit it, Paul. Pre-Mike Patton. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Get uh, on the kit, Paul. Quick Lunar Satan update, which, by what the way... is it? It is it. But we care a lot. It's pre-Mike uh, Patton. Pre-Mike Patton, yeah. Um, uh, so we're here in the studio where we mix the Lunar Satan album. The Lunar Satan Kickstarter is 150% funded. Dude. Whoop, whoop. Hey, hang on. Thank you. Thank you. Give it up for Satan. Let's give it up for Satan. He's in the moon. Hail Who Satan! Knew? Now, uh, so that's happening. It's being pressed on blood red translucent vinyl, also duplicated on cassette tape. And I couldn't be more stoked. There's like 14 days left. And uh, 
thank you to everyone who supported the project. Are the, you going to do the, any more stretch goals? The, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to put out a 10-song uh, record of just my own non-Satan stuff. So wow. that's that's yeah. currently about to get mastered by old Sam Moses. Awesome. Nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm looking into stickers and patches. I'm looking into a whole bunch of fun stuff. I'm yeah. actually looking into mouse pads. Okay. They have the cover of the album, which Ooh. is the bitchin'. My friend, oh my god, my friend Hunter Barrow was sending me the digital booklet today. Every song has its own, <clears throat> own pentagram, and all the little pieces in the pentagram relate to the imagery of the lyrics, mm-hmm. and then the lyrics are in the pentagram. Whoa. He's like putting some real serious TLC into this. It's like heavy, man. It's a concept record, dude. It's a concept. I love it. Dude, you know I'm a supporter. Look, it fucking rips. It does rip. I know. That's all I'm going to say. I played drums on it. <laughs> you did play <laughs> drums on it. Okay, are we almost done with this? Okay, socials, Twitter. Oh, my God. Don't forget about Facebook uh-huh. and um, Spotify. And we're okay. on MySpace. We're on Friendster. YouTube. All right. We're on Tumblr. We're on all the, thi- we're on all the things that make your life uh, more miserable. So go follow us on all that stuff. Parlor. Ethan's other po- uh, <laughs> podcast is called The... Here we go. Here we go. Well, for reasons I'm sure most of our listeners can deduce, we are not on parlor. (laughs) I know a guy who likes to hang out in a parlor. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Killing thieves and wanted men. I sure do get a thirst. And sometimes I even get a headache. And I like to take what my friend Garth and Wayne call Nuprin. It's little. It's yellow. It's different. Yeah, a little different. I'm Tumbleweed Ron, <laughs> and when I get a headache, I choose Newbrin. That's right. Sometimes you just have to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You need to keep that guitar in front of you just in case. Yeah, I'll keep it, See, in, my, I'll keep it in my lap. Listen, I just, you know, my only concern is I just hope it doesn't go out of tune. I know. Yeah. I just hope it doesn't go out of tune. Normally, when I, when I edit some episodes and Tumble, Tumbleweed Ron comes up, I put him Oh, okay. In the background. However. Well, it's morphed. I feel like this is, yeah. is the new Tumbleweed Run. has to be out of tune Bon Jovi. There has been a morphing. All right. So we have an email address, metalupyourpodcastshow at gmail.com. It's the easiest way to get a hold of us. And we're going to dip now into the mailbag and what we lovingly refer to us. The email portal! Is there some, re- was that natural reverb? It's the guitars ringing out. Let's do it again. Oh. I believe that came from that sound hole right there in that G200. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. I've seen a million faces. All right, Ethan, you want to start us off? I've read a million emails. <laughs> yes, I do. Jesus, an hour in. Here we go. <laughs> First email from Steve Balaz. Uh, he says, what's up, buds? Uh, Clint, you and Tom made these two weeks educational and funny. Uh, some things I agree with Tom. First, U2 is terrible. Wow. Come on. I totally agree with Tom that they truly are garbage. Wow. Um, Come on. And second, I agree that Allison Chains are fantastic and they should be in the Rock and Hall of Fame. To me, they are they are Seattle and they are the best to come out of that city since Jimi Hendrix. Ethan, glad to have you back. Thank you, thank you. Hope your vacation was amazing and now the dynamic duo can talk Metallica. Lunar Satan rules. That's I'm just a lot of exclamation points there. 
Same demons who have school football rules. <laughs> Same <Thank> demons. <laughs> I love it, Bill and Ted. Um, a piece from your bud from the north, Steve. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time here, but I do. I'm glad Paul's here for this because I know Paul. You like me mm-hmm. are a true believer in you too. Yes, they're top ten easily for me. Mm. Um, I love you too. You don't count. Fair. You're wearing a hat with a weird red thing on it, supporting local, but okay. <laughs> What, what national sounds? Oh, you're supporting our AAA baseball team. Yes. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> They'll get a big kick out of that. All right, Paul. Quick defense of you two. Come on. Uh, it's to say you don't like him's fine. To call him garbage? Yeah. Not true. Uh, a lot of people throw you two out, and it has nothing to do with the music. It has to do with the politics the save the world yes crying on live aid yes yeah yeah yeah. i get Trying that to help it's annoying people, it's such a bummer <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean yeah bono turns a lot of people off right. by because he always wears sunglasses crusader mentality but musically they can't be undeniable yeah well paul mocha's spoken and the, the, the so let it be written. So let it be done. I mean, you got to be doing something right if there's an entire South Park episode dedicated to yeah. you. Yeah, that's how I measure success. Uh-huh. So yeah, totally. I agree. Yeah, Robert Smith's been on there. I mean, come on, Robert Downey Jr. was a no. Uh, George and, Clooney was a bark on the show. Yeah, he's made it. Come on. I thought you were going to list all the Roberts that have been on South Park. <laughs> I was kind of excited. Rob Trujillo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, our next email is from Joseph Parker. What's uh, here? Do it, Ethan. What's up, brothers? There it is. Hey, Clint, Ethan, and Paul. Yeah. Oh. See, you've been on the show so often recently that people are starting to rightfully assume that you are here. Hey, yeah. I and, love it. And daddy likey. Diggy. Okay. I finally made it. I've climbed your Mount Everest of content. I'm caught up and a patron as well. He says I can finally sleep at night. Well, that's good. That's good. That's called, it's a little thing called karmic sauce. Love it. And you put it on all, the, all your food in your bed at night when you sleep on it and you roll around in it with your wife. I don't know. That's what we do. I found out about your podcast from our good friend Tom from Alpha Metallica. Hello, hello, hi. Hello. Starting around February, I've listened to every episode in order. I came for the Metallica, but I stayed for the Clint, Ethan, Paul sauce. Nice. And maybe a little bit of Yurgy mixed in there. Good comments. Put a little Yurgis in the stew. Watch out, dude. This is how it starts. This is how it starts, bro. <laughs> He says, let me first say how grateful I am to you wonderful dudes for taking your time to do this podcast. I've laughed, cried, been inspired, and have learned so much about our favorite band and just life in general. This podcast can really stand as a monument to the greatness of Metallica. I'm Ethan's age, but I came online much later to Metallica in 2002. You could say I lived my life as a Nice. We end our lives as models. Thanks to a friend at work and a mandatory Metallica on the radio, I discovered this amazing band, I was fortunate to discover them right before they released a new album, so I took in their entire catalog at once and loved it all, including St. Anger, and Rob is my favorite of their amazing bassists. I love his crab walk. Honey, wow. please. Who doesn't? He says, finally, I want to compliment you guys on the amazing covers and original music. It's all incredible. The Lunar Satan songs are my favorite, and I can't wait for the entire album to drop. I really hope you'll continue with a new volume in the future. To that end, I have a couple of ideas for new songs. Maybe you'll be able to use them or at least be inspired. This is pretty funny. Okay. So this is basically for Lunar Satan Volume 2. He says, One true devil. Imagine Satan getting back to Earth only to discover a bunch of posers he has to take care of. And then he lists all the other names for Satan. Lucifer, Bilal, Samael, Demir. I haven't heard of these. <laughs> Kali, Ib... Callie. If, Callie, that's even to my wife. <laughs> don't, good thing she doesn't listen to the podcast. Wow. Ravana, Baphomet, Beelzebub, Lilith, Mephistopheles, Hades, to name a few. Another idea he has is Bride of Lunar Satan. He says, Ooh. speaks for itself, a dark, evil, metal love song. 
He says, get one of your female singer-songwriter friends to sing it, a duet. That's pretty Maybe cool. Maybe Lizzie from Hailstorm. Maybe so. And then he says, also, more Ethan Luck. Honey, who doesn't do that? Listen, I was in the shadows on that record, but I'm there. I'm He's, on eight of, what, eight of the ten tracks? You're on nine. Shoot. Nine. NBD. Number nine. He says, zone it and just have fun. Joseph Parker from Sandy, Utah, New Jersey. Joseph, I can promise you one thing that's happening in HQ3 tonight. We are zoning it. Yeah. We'll have fun always. Remember fun? that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Was that out, out the bus? He was saying it, he was saying it to some cops outside yeah. the bus or something. Yeah, I was in Las Vegas and the Need to Breathe tour, and I yelled it out the out a have window to always. a cop. Have, have fun, fun. <laughs> always. always <yeah. laughs> All right, Paul. Last uh, email. All right, this last email comes from Mr. Brian King. The recent Mick Wall show is definitely one of my favorite Metal Up Your Podcast episodes. Cool, Clint. The fact that you can be on the same intellectual level with such a well-spoken person, well-spoken guest like Mick, and carry on a conversation really elevates Metal Up Your Podcast above all the others. Mm-hmm. All the others. Cool. I've heard similar interviews where the podcast host just couldn't keep up with the guests, and it was really disappointing. But your, your interview with Mick was terrific. I think Mick had a harder time keeping up with me, honestly. Well, that goes it was a saying. tough. It was tough for Mick. One thing that I... Th- thought got glossed over in this conversation when Mick was discussing will something like this ever happen again and that that's in quotation marks will something like this ever happen again and then he made a comment about hardwired for ticket sales was that a dig on Metallica saying that they're all about ticket sales hmm. Hmm. I don't remember that part of the convo hmm. I th- this is <laughs> this has been coming up in some Dave Matthews forums that I read every day uh, we were texting about Dave Matthews last night. Um, this whole thing of when you sell the ticket, it counts as an album sale, right? right. This is the thing that's been happening. Mm-hmm. Dave Matthews is tied with the record of album, uh, the number of albums that debuted at number one. Mm. The only two bands at the top of that list, amazingly, coincidentally, serendipitously, are Metallica and Dave Matthews Band, my two great loves. Yeah. So the idea, though, is that for the last several years, they've been selling albums with tickets. Right. And that's why they're able to say, well, we went number one, because Metallica is going to sell a million uh, mm-hmm. tickets. That, starting in 2021, is over. Wow. They're, I don't understand that. They're no longer going to count when you give an album away. Because I think one of the first people to do this was Prince on the Musicology Tour. Mm-hmm. So, the, the, is, so just help me understand this. So the whole point is that uh, you go to Paul Moak's concert at the Ryman. When, oh you, boy. when you buy, you know who you won't see there, Paul Moak, Ethan. That's true. No, 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 no. Hold on. Did you say who we won't see there? No, I'm selling. We'll, I'm we'll selling the Paul, CDs. We'll see Paul there. Yeah, Ethan will be there. He's yeah. out at the oh, merch table. Oh, you won't yeah. be playing. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. working merch. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, but uh, is the idea that you go see a show and you buy a ticket and you get the album with the ticket sale, and so therefore it counts? Yes, right. that that's kind of what's been happening. Yeah. See, I thought you that you had to actually download off the link for the it to actually count. No, no, because when. When this was happening on the World Wire tour, especially the first round of it, the the um, uh, the stadiums that we went to, mm-hmm. people were sending us all their hardwired CDs because they already bought the album digitally. But when they bought the ticket to whatever show, they were getting. I probably have fifty copies of the CD of Hardwired in my garage right now. Mm. Awesome! I know. Metal Claws now. Hey, because that's what everyone wants is a copy you of get hardwired. A hardwired CD. You get a hardwired <laughs> exactly. CD. You get a hardwired CD. Actually, everyone, look under your seats right now. <laughs> it's um, you know, we're the Oprah Winfrey, yeah. except it's all that's CDs right. they already have. Yeah, so that's going to end. So I don't know if that's what Mick was talking about, but it it is an interesting thing to talk about on the show with you guys, right? 
uh, that's going to change the landscape of like being able, the bragging rights of right. we went number one in 51 countries. Well, it's because you announced it. And I'm not saying just Metallica. Like I said, Prince did this. Dave Matthews, it's going to be a trouble for Dave Matthews yeah. to maintain that because they have like eight number ones in a row. Yeah. Right. I don't but think t- they're going to have that if they don't, because they're such a huge touring force. Right. Are people buying their albums over Drake albums or Beyonce albums right. or Taylor albums? I still feel like Metallica's audience, though, are like people that want to buy like a hard copy of something. I feel like Metallica could put out another record in, let's say, two years, three years, and still have it debut at number one without playing shows. I'll tell you what, I think they're going to put an album a lot sooner. I think so. I think mm-hmm. they're making it. They're ma- they're writing an album right now. I I, I hope so, and I, I know they are. But I mean, James told me that. Hey, maybe that's, that's why. Maybe that's why they only devoted so much time to that Allison Chains thing. Maybe they're like actively working. Yeah. One can hope. Well, I know that Kirk cool. likes to record his solos with no shirt on. Yeah. So. So maybe you just done a that hot makes solo. Sense. If you're gonna get a Christmas tree tattoo, it, it kind of reminded me of like a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. It looked to me like like a Tibetan hut. Well, look at yeah. you, world traveler. It looked like Paul's beanie right now. <laughs> a Tibetan, <laughs> which Paul's beanie looks like a Charlie Brown. Uh, it is kind of, it's kind of limp a little bit. <laughs> hey, leave Chris out of it. <laughs> Whoa. They, they, they make things for that. Hey, I need to finish this dude's email. Oh, okay. Okay. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> from, really from New Jersey. So that's Brian King, who the, he actually did play real drums on the other, the, the final Lunar Satan song. Oh, cool. He's in a really cool... <laughs> Great. Well, you're on the you're on the goddamn line share of the album. I mean, that's like you asking me to come on, you know, as a guest to play with you on stage at the Ryman for a song. Well, I would never do that. Yeah, I can't really risk it, Ethan, because <laughs> I have to have someone come on with me who has experience on the Ryman stage. <laughs> would, I, would I curse the set? Well, it's just it's such a beloved, special, sacred rite of passage type situation that literally everyone in town is done except you. Yeah, and I would have to just know that whoever was going <laughs> to grace the stage with me could understand how to harness the power. I'd like to say I understand, but I don't. Just because I've never. You done can't. It. You can. It's the thing you can read about it, you know. But until you do it, I have a funny. I, I texted the two of you this about a week ago. I think a quick funny thing regarding the Ryman. This and you guys have probably dealt with this that you haven't played it or. Well, there's that. No, um, you know, we've been touring for a long time, or musicians, or making records, whatever. Uh, at a certain point in time, you become friends with people that are in popular bands, mm-hmm. and then at another point in time other people start to hit you up like hey man could you hook me up with so-and-so i want them to sing on this or do this you know like a favor yeah so last week i get a text from a friend that's it's involved in this uh live stream benefit thing and said hey could you put me put me in touch with lizzie hale and i was like what for and he says oh it's this benefit thing at the ryman i was like oh my god (laughs) so i'm getting a call about a rhyming gig but for someone else. For someone else. Nice. Yeah, that, it lines up for me. That makes sense for me. Yeah. Guess me. who? Guess who? I didn't introduce them to. Lizzie. <laughs> no. It's <laughs> like sorry, bro. If I'm not on stage, she's not on stage. It's too bad because it was raising money for orphan children. But <laughs> nailed it. It wasn't. <laughs> what was it raising money for? I don't know. Some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Some I'm bullshit. Kidding. I'm kidding. Someone is still. Upset Salt, salty. That they haven't played the rhyme. One day Lizzie's gonna call me and be like, "Hey, I got. I thought I was supposed to play this thing, and you said I, you know, I couldn't. Like, what's up with that? I heard you rhyme and blocked me. I totally rhyme and blocked her. You kids can trademark yeah. that. It's fine. You can have it. No, the, the, I, I 
I didn't pass on obviously personal info, but I said you should hit up management. Well, I don't. I don't want to be in that position. Dude. Well, listen, your rhyming thing is super depressing, and I'm really still very sorry for you. You don't feel sorry for me. It's just never going to happen. Well, I've accepted I, that. I believe that it is going to happen, dude. I think the fact that you live less than two miles away from it. It's like two point six. And every other band that you know and every band that you've worked in has played it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just got to happen. Dude, the point. homeless guy down the street who has needles in his arms. He played the Ryman last weekend. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, this is Nashville, bro. I, I did have a thought randomly. The guy uh, who painted my house yesterday played the Ryman. I'm sure Last month. I'm sure your mailman's probably played the Ryman. <laughs> when I got a phone call from Paul Moak when I was on vacation a week and a half ago to let me know that everyone that was in on a session that I was supposed to play, or sorry, I got asked to, asked yeah. to play on and I couldn't do it because apparently my wife's birthday is more important. Uh, I got a phone call and Paul was like, just want to let you know that everyone in this room has played. I was, I was part of that. Clint was there. Nathan Thomas was there. What was cool was I didn't, I honestly did not even think about it. I asked you to do the gig. You couldn't. Right. So I called another great bass player friend of ours, Nathan Thomas. Second best. Yeah. Nathan Thomas, shout out. And so he shows up and we're all standing in the room. By the way, sorry to start up the flow of that. Nathan Thomas mixes all the cover, our world black and EPs. Yeah. So he's a dear friend. He's he's in our world. It's all connected. Uh, Two worlds. Colliding. So I, uh, I'm i standing in the kitchen with everybody, and it just dawns on me. I was like, hey, Nathan, you played the Ryman Rocks. Dude, you know what he like, said? Nathan <laughs> played you, the you, last you, and yeah. first show back at the Ryman. But you, yeah. but you know what he said for real? Because he doesn't know this history. Right. We go, Nathan, real quick, man, because we were all getting getting jazzed on the sauce of, of the joke. Yeah, so yeah. we're like, Nathan, because I think he was coming out of the restaurant. We're yeah. like, Nathan, Nathan, have you played the Ryman? His, his response for real? Of course. <laughs> I thought, I thought it was going to be, who hasn't? Uh, but the same thing. Yeah. I mean, pretty much he said it with his face. But so that's when I put you on speakerphone, yeah. called you at the beach. Just on to vacation. You know. On vacation. I answered. Yeah. And the second you said, hey, so everyone in the room, I was like, I know what he's going to say. Uh, anyways, all I have to say, my thought was, when the day comes, if, let's say, if that day comes that I get to play the rhyming with whatever artist. Mm-hmm. We're live streaming that shit on oh, metalgearpodcast.com. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But is it the day that never comes? That's the question. Tied it back in. Tied it back in like a, like a papa bear. All right, listen. It's that easy. All you got to do is write in your thoughts about Metallica and your journey and Lunar Satan and Ethan of the Ryman in New Jersey and all the choices. It can be a reality on the show that you love. Mm-hmm. Metal Up Your Podcast Show at gmail.com. I think it's time we all exited. The- Hey everyone, this is Ethan and Clint. We're here to tell you about supporting the show via Patreon. That's right. Every week, Ethan and I work hard to bring you the best Metallica content possible. If you think the show has value, consider supporting us on a financial level at Patreon. For $5 a month, or the price of two cups of coffee, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast continues to grow in quality and content. But that's not all. In addition to being able to help sleep at night for supporting your favorite podcast, we've also come up with incentives to say thank you that are exclusively available to patrons. For example, for a pledge of $5 or more, you immediately get free 
downloads of every Cover Our World Blackened EP. Ticket giveaways for shows like SNM2 and Slain Castle. Box sets, rare vinyl, Metallica memorabilia like SNM2 guitar picks. Email priority, meaning we'll read your email first on the show with a chance to ask guests like Hailstorm, Jay Weinberg of Slipknot, and Metallica Row Crew your very own questions. And the opportunity to come on the show as a guest for our Metal Tales bonus episodes in which you can tell us all about any Metallica show you've been to in the past. All this and more for becoming a patron and supporting Metal Up Your Podcast. We couldn't do this show without you, and to everyone on the ride with us, we sincerely thank you. Peace. Adios. All right, well, here we are. We're back. And here's how we're going to do this. Now, Paul made a boo-boo at the top. Yep. I don't know how that's going to fit into this. It's going to make it interesting. Chris has meticulous notes. Of course. Of course you do, dude. If you didn't have notes, I would want to check you for COVID or something. Did you lose your sense of smell? Are you okay? How are you feeling? You're a notes guy. You're a methodical guy. You put a lot of TLC into the things you Is care about. Is there a about. spreadsheet behind this? Almost, yeah. I would Almost. Like, I would like I, to point I, out I how small that piece of paper is. It is a peculiarly <laughs> tiny piece of paper. There's lots of numbers on it. Oh so. my gosh! Wow. Look at that. Wow. It's like what, you're about to. What was that? What was that movie with like the 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 the, the imitation game? The dude who cracked like the codes, the Turing system. You're yeah. like Adam Turing. <laughs> Any, is anyone? anyone? Yeah, he cracked the, igni- no, uh, the was, Enigma. That the was Enigma. The, the German up. coding machine in World War II. Right. Uh, sure. Missed that one. <laughs> on a steel it's really good. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, seriously, what's just the first lyric of the second verse? Uh, uh, sometimes I sleep. Okay, here we go. Two, three. Tumble, we run. Sometimes I sleep. Sometimes it's not for days. When the people I meet, they always seem to go their separate ways. Sometimes you tell the day by the bottle of whiskey rye that you drink sometimes when you're alone like me tumbleweed ron all you do is think about how you're a cowboy and shit like that (laughs) (laughs) shit like that (laughs) how you wanted did all her life wanted man I've been everywhere. Oh yeah. What's the next line? But standing, I'm standing tall. I've seen a million faces. I and fucking I've rocked them all. There you go. All right. There's another line after that too. Cause I'm a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> I got the night on my side. So here's what we're here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> God damn. Here's what we're gonna do. We're all gonna just do our t- number ten. We're like it's not going to be me going ten to one. Ethan right, goes yeah. ten to one. We're all going to just do our tens. Now the criteria that we talked about it was pretty funny. We were texting with Chris. We were like, we were just immediately started overthinking it when we had well, the. I am an engineer. I mean, I have to overthink. No, it. no, yeah, and it's my job as a as a as a guy that listens to too much Dave Matthews Band to reel you in from overthinking <laughs> anything because if it's ants marching loudly, I'm fine. Yeah, I don't know what it's about. I don't know what he's doing. He's wearing pajama pants. I don't give a shit. I love it. Now you're an engineer. You overthink things, so we bring it back. So the criteria was how it how it works on the album, how it sets up the album, how it compares with the other nine albums, and then what I think is actually the most important criteria: how you just personally feel about the song. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So just for a quick example, and I'm not going to spoil anything. 
Fran- Fran- Frantic actually really sets up St. Anger really well, yes, like conceptually. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. Do I like it? No. I mean, I kind of do like it, actually. In fact, I might surprise you guys with that on my list, but that's just an example. Sure. Right? There, there How- is something else, too, I took into account, too, which okay. is, is there another song on the album that, that would be a better opener? Great. Love Ooh. it. Love it. That's why you're here. That's Man, why you're you here. spent way longer on this than I did. <laughs> yeah, we know. Because you still don't even know what we're doing. I mean, I'm I the kid that showed up for the exam and was like, what do we, what do we, You're what the kid this? in the dream that realizes you don't have pants on. What's, yeah. the, what's the test about? Yeah. All right, so... <clears throat> I so think actually, we, I feel comfortable because that was my whole high school life. Yeah, I think we need to establish an order, and I'm going to do that now. I'm going to start. Okay. Then we're going to ping it to Paul. Okay. Then we're going to ping it to Ethan, and then we're going to end with Yurgis. Okay. 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 Cool. The cross and, style. Yeah, yeah, because we're kind of sitting in a we're sitting in sort of a Celtic cross formation. Okay, That's right. perfect for Lunar Satan Volume Two, um, and you can make your cases. All right, everyone, good. Yep. Yes. yes. Okay, so number ten. This was a little hard. For, okay, so we should also disclaim this. Nine out of ten of these are albums and openings that I absolutely love. Yes. And in any other list, these would be at the tops of these lists. Okay. Sure. Of course. I like these more than Duran Duran album openers, even though I like Duran Duran. Watch your mouth. You watch your mouth when you talk to me about hungry like a wolf. <laughs> I'm tumbleweed wrong. I'm <laughs> tumbleweed wrong. I'm hungry. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm thirsty like the wolf. Paul, would you? Uh, Set me up with some of that moonshine. All right, let's do, a, let's do a drink refill. We are we are drinking. By the way, Chris brought us some black and whiskey. And uh, let's do some drink refills. Why not? Why not? You, you know, know what's nice? We can do whatever the fuck we want. That's right. <laughs> now, <clears throat> my number 10 kind of hurts my feelings. It was hard for me to do this. Okay. Uh-oh. I went with Hardwired. Really? Whoa. I know. I know. I, I know. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. So. <sighs> too what? New, too soon? The problem is the the lyrics of Hardwired completely sum up the album and the time. Okay. So in that way, it's like this great success. I love that it's really short. It's this great thrash, hit you in the face. This is what this album is about. It like succeeds so well on that level. As a song, though, it's just I would skip it. I, I really? I'm not Jones in the here. The You've way been that way since the beginning. I, I do much. think I have said this on yeah. the podcast. Like. I, I would rather hear almost any other song on the album than Hardwired. And it's, it's funny because I think Hardwired's going to stick around, dude. It's definitely going to stick around more than Now That We're Dead. Sure. But, and maybe now that more than Atlas. But, but, uh, not but, Moth in the Flame. But not, yeah. m- dude, Moth is, it creep, Moth is creeping death level. Yeah, yeah. I've said is. that for years now, and I stand by it. Moth is instant classic. But like Halo, Spit, um, Murder one, <laughs> live staple, live staple. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I. It's out of all these ten songs, it's probably my least favorite, including Frantic. Wow, wow. So, would you that's say my lead off question for you? Do you think it is uh, the chorus? We're so fuck shit out of luck. luck. I don't know. I, I don't like that about it. Okay, it seems kind of. It does seem kind of like a lyric from their hit the lights days right but uh i don't think that's what it is I, I i i don't know i just don't respond to it i don't know i'm just not a big metallica fan i guess <laughs> all right paul you're number 10 all right so you know put, put, calibrating for live opener. putting this under the 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 new lens of i was thinking we were doing live openers i went number 10 with frantic mm. but i probably would keep it because it leads off 
it's like a great first song to the most disappointing chapter of the Metallica book. It is a great first song. It's one of my favorite songs on St. Anger. Right, yeah. right. But I guess the, here's the problem. After the first four, it takes a hard nose dive. It does, yeah. But, but also, in general, the album, not great. So right. it sets a tone for a, 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 an hour-long experience that just pummels you. Here's, yep. here's what you're about to get, everybody. I'm bouncing off what you're saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were about to go. No, as in frantic as setting up oh, the yeah, record. Yeah, like, yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> Ethan's back. Uh, all, right. all right. So what's your number 10, Ethan? Also frantic. All right. Well, but See, now, s- same reasons? <clears throat> different dude, reasons? Um, what if our lists are the same? That would be amazing. I hope um, so. I actually don't dislike frantic like you were saying. Right. I like it. Um, yeah. Because of doing this podcast for just just under four years now, I have grown to like a lot of things about St. Anger. Mm. I can kind of ignore production issues and lack of solos and vocal, all the issues of the record. Now, is that because you haven't played the Ryman or is that because? Um, no. JK, sorry. Um, it's one of the best songs on St. Anger. I think it's one of the best songs. And like to, to Paul's point, I think the first four kind of, come out strong for what that record is and then yes take the nosedive um but yeah i mean to me frantic and the song saint anger kind of the the highlights Mm -hmm. like then they come out of the gate with those two so yeah um i almost put it at number nine almost okay well i I look forward to seeing what your number nine is you'll probably be pissed but well i already know that's either fuel or ain't my bitch (laughs) all right here we go all right you're just what do you got for number 10 so in my uh, very copious scoring system, I actually had a tie for the uh, my my two last place ones. But uh, Wait, a tie? When- yeah. Well. Anyways, uh, I'm I'm calling my last one as uh, ain't my bitch. So sorry. Whoa. yeah. I, I I thought I thought that you know it scored pretty high for me as far as being representative of the album and being the best opener of the songs that are on that album, mm-hmm. but it scored kind of low as far as like my excitement level. Like, does it get me juiced? Does it get me ready to go? And, uh, you know, and then scored last as far as comparing all 10 to each other. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of got it. In I, the back I hear all pack. that. I accept it. It is one of the, for people who were butthurt by the load reload era, which I get, it is one of the more like fast, heavy, thrashier ones of those 20, five-ish songs on those two albums right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's got double kick it's got a lot of attitude yeah but it's not the song attitude and he's saying and he's basically saying this ain't my bitch dude fuck it canceled by the way canceled yeah no okay (laughs) yeah yes yeah um hard to argue with that i get it yeah what what could have been a better opener on load hard to hard to say i don't think there is one yeah, I think Agreed. it was the best one for that album for that set. But yeah. you know, as far as just overall excitement level, when you think about the entire Metallica canon of, of songs, when you think about how it stacks up to the other openers, just didn't quite. All right, cool. Quite Good point. Me. Good point. All right, Excellent. number nine for me. Number nine, Inner Sandman. Whoa, Inner Sandman. Wow. Well, because think about this, it doesn't make Overplayed, any bro. No, no. I, I, I think Inner Sandman is the greatest metal song of all time. Next to, and I've said this for years, next to only maybe Iron Man or Back in Black. Hmm. Most recognizable okay. metal song ever. 
Having said that, is it a great opener for the Black Album? I don't think so. It, it feels more like a track four or five or even introducing side B. I could see that. Yeah, sure. Now, what would be better as an opener? I don't know. Maybe I mean, maybe Sabbath True would be a better Rome. opener. Rome. Uh, Rome would be killer. Rome. Yeah. But Rome is that mid-tempo. But Inner Sandman's mid-tempo. Um, you know, t- to me, it seems like the only time that they were like, put the obvious single first. Mm. Right. <clears throat> right, totally. Because Inner Sandman is just easily one of their greatest songs. I, I, I'm an Inner Sandman for sure. uh, yeah. defender for sure. But as an album opener, does it compare to Black End or Battery or any of the openers as yeah. in terms of power and setting up? Because I don't even think Inner Sandman really even sets up the Black Album accurately. It's just a great song. It's mm-hmm. it's the flagship song of the it album. Is, yeah, it is. But you don't always lead off an album with your flagship song. A right. lot of times you put it like track seven or something. Do you think they maybe put it at track one because... They knew they were doing something completely different. They knew that there was a really good chance that this was going to take them to that next level, but maybe not to the the place that they ended up being. Do you think that they were like, fuck it, put the first single as track one just in case? I think they just like, thought Just it, to make sure that everyone that bought that record, that's the first song they heard. I I think they thought it was just undeniable, which it kind of is. Yeah. And, it, and it was the opening. They usually lead off the album with what they open with live, and they right. did do that. Sure. But in retrospect, it... I just don't think it was the greatest opener. Okay. I, I might have gone with Sad. I think Rome is an interesting choice, but I might have gone with Sad for the opening mm-hmm. of the Black Album. I have... Uh, go, 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 go. <laughs> gun, 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 gun. You're like, holy shit, it's like an intro. Yeah. Gun, yeah. gun. Mm-hmm. I have a, a buddy that swears that if you open the record with Struggle Within, with that whole intro that it makes for a better black album he swears well i think they agree with that because when they did the you know when they were touring that playing the black album they did it back to front yeah exactly yeah which by the way that album is like structured perfectly for a set list like that because it like starts with those intros and then it ends with like the encore would be entertaining right Right. yeah Mm -hmm. nothing else matters in sandman um all right paul you're number nine give clint fuel Give Clint fire. <laughs> you were going to be shocked. Give Clint that which he <laughs> desires. All right. Well, let's hear it. Why? Um, uh, honestly, you know, in some of these shootouts that we've done in the past, my top, you know, one through seven is like, so this is concrete, non-negotiable. And then the rest is like, well, I just didn't have anywhere else to put that song. Mm-hmm. And fuel is that for this. It's not, it could be, fuel could be five, I mean, six, seven, eight, or nine on my list, and I'd be fine. Those are all, you know, interchangeable. Gotcha. Okay. It's, Ethan? It's, it's Okay. Fuel is my number nine as well. Yeah. Sorry, Clint. It's, Wait, so you guys are two for two? Yeah, yeah. Two for two. It's blowing my mind that you spent so little time on this. However. How long did you spend on it? Seven minutes. No, 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 no. I, I, I mean, not a ton of time. I mean, you want to tell you guys what I did to brag on myself? I made a playlist and I listened to all these. Wow. I actually took the time to think about it while I was teaching my kid first grade today. <laughs> what do you think I did for ten hours on the drive down here? Yeah. I know what you did. I know exactly what you did because I heard what I heard your car when you pulled up. You were listening to Melody Podcast and you were listening to all the episodes that you've been on. <laughs> I already know. All right, so why fuel at so, number nine? Okay, well, so why are you wrong at number nine? No, <laughs> another reason we're kind of on the same page here 
I feel like that could have been anywhere from five to ten. Yeah. For sure. But is it like, is that, am I going to put that over fight fire with fire? Right. Or, you know, battery or something? No. So that was a tough call to put fuel that low for yeah. sure. Now I will say that is a great album opener yep. for that album. But overall, I just, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't put it any higher. I, and don't get me wrong. I love that song. I really love that song. All right. Me too. All right, Chris. Number nine. Ready for the high five? Yeah. Enter Sandman. Hey! Wow. High five. Now, did we land there for the same reasons? Uh, yeah, pretty much the same reasons. The other thing I would I would maybe add to that is putting what's arguably your biggest song first is like, you know, that high school boy having his first time experience with a girl. Like you're Ethan. You, you have no four. Yeah. There's no warm up period. It's just you just shot your load. Oh, right away. So like unload. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, for me, I, you know, I want, I want to be juiced up. I need, I need to be worked up to like the big, the big song, you know, like I just, when I have that opening song, it's like, man, I know that, you know, this is coming next and this is coming. And it just kind of builds and builds and builds. It's like, eh. yeah, I agree. You know, they could have saved it. It would have been more powerful. hundred percent. 100%. 100%. You know where Andrew Sandman would be great on that album is the last track of Side A because that outro is so long. Yeah. That would be long, a great transition fade. into Side so B. So basically where Rome is? Right. Just flip-flop those two. Like you're talking about opening the record with Rome. Mm. Yeah. Rome, once it kicks into normal time, is a, a bit of a faster tempo anyways. And I had written down Rome and Sad as possible better, better openers. You know what's a weird feeling I just had is Rome would be a better opener if it was only called Rome. Show me, mm. show and not wherever I may roam, which feels like a long title for a first track. Show me where that feeling is. Where on the doll? Where on the doll? Where the PP is? Oh, my. <laughs> well, Chris just went into this whole load talk. <laughs> but you know, like I've been going through this, like sequencing the Lunar Satan album. It is weird how the way the track list looks will affect. Yeah, it's not just the sonics or like the yeah. mood of the music. Like even the way it sort of looks in a in a line. And then also I learned, because I'm getting it pressed on vinyl, as we all know, is that back in the day, they used to press the heaviest songs first because the, or is it, yeah, that's right, yeah. because the, the, the sound is best on the outer edges of the vinyl. So the further you go in, you lose quality because of just the, the physics of the vinyl and the grooves. Right. So bands would sequence albums based on, especially when vinyl was the only medium, like thinking, I'm thinking about like Black Sabbath albums in the late 70s or the, sorry, early 70s, where they would think about the sequencing based on where it would be pressed on the vinyl. Right. Do you think that's why Metallica on like the first four records, for instance, the quote-unquote ballad was track four? Right. Right on the inside Maybe. of the record? Maybe. Yeah. Are we blowing our minds? That was a mind blow. Mind blown. Right. Yeah. Number eight for me, Frantic. You know, it, it was going to be late in the list. There's no way Frantic's going to beat a lot of these songs. Although, I, although so far, I can definitely tell you guys some of my later songs are going to surprise you. It's really, really great at setting up that album. It's just very long. It suffers from all of the problems we've already yep. identified right, for yeah. years now and documented on the podcast. It's very long, very copy and paste, pummeling. It's exhausting. And the vocal situation on the frantic tick tick talk, which I actually we make fun of that like almost every episode now because we right. have our, our frantic yeah. jingle right. with the Bob Rock where we do it with the Mo the Morfoder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But 
that that thing when he lands on that syncopated thing for the verses is one of the best parts of the album. Hook. Yeah, totally. Because he hooks it. Yeah. Born out on a being afraid. Da, 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 da. It's pocketed so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think they were really into that aesthetic of like the garage rock singing to an SM58. Right. Don't touch up the vocals. Don't pocket things. Right. If they had treated that song like the Black Album, that would be a better song. Yeah. In my opinion. But it's just out of all these 10 songs, it's, it's number eight for me. What about you, Paul? Ain't my biatch. All right. Same, uh, same argument as Fuel. I thought you were kind of like a 90s cat with me, man. I am. But Are you? what we're talking about here. Do you? What we're talking about yeah. is the best live opening track <laughs> for Metallica. Right. And it's not Ain't My Bitch. Yeah, okay. All right. Ethan, number eight. Ain't my, I'm kidding. Oh, not. dude. I would have oh, been not. so <laughs> stoked. Uh, my number eight is Hit the Lights. Wow. Mm. All right. And? Go on. Explain yourself. Uh, these lists are tough because it's like, I fucking love this song. Yep. It's a great song. It's great, great live, like on Paul's list. <laughs> um, it's Paul's great doing a whole record. different episode than we are concurrently to this. He's on the next, he's on next week's episode. Um, it's pretty rough lyrically. It's a little, yeah. Totally. But they were 20 years old. I mean, Can I it, kick it, some ass tonight. It, no life to leather. I mean. Right. You know, I mean, it's a pretty good mission statement for Kill 'Em All. It is for sure, and I, and I, and I love that innocence about them and how young they were, and everything was new to them, and, and they're making their very first record. And as far as an album opener for Kill 'Em All, it's fucking awesome, and like fades into just like the trash can mm-hmm. intro, yeah, which doesn't really ever happen on it's records. Really cool, yeah. Um, and it still translates well live, yeah. Um, but again, looking at the rest of my list, I'm kind of like, these other songs get me so much more excited. All right, yep. Chris, number eight. High five again. We're gonna tie it up oh, here. Oh, here we go. Frantic. That's two in a row. So oh. clearly the tied up. So clearly in the top gun volleyball scene. The net is right here between oh, Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know the you know scene I'm talking about? Yeah. Playing with the boys. Where they're sweaty. Yeah. Where they're sweaty on the ball and they're yeah. slapping to those heinies. Hey, goose, don't don't let me down. <laughs> All right, so I can feel my thoughts? dog tags stuck I mean, to my sweaty chest. Right now. Some of the same things you guys talk about. You know, it, it represents the album. I feel like uh, I I don't think there's a better opener in that canon of songs. But does it get me really juiced up and excited? Yeah, you know, the you know, sexual talk I mean, juiced mm-hmm. up and excited <laughs> earmuffs. <laughs> you know, because it's I mean it's still it's Saint Anger. You know, it's just audibly just. Yeah, you it's know? tough. That's a it, tough it, album. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then and then when you compare it to the rest of these ten songs, it just it is what it is. So what number eight's where it goes. What, what, just uh, pontificating here, what would have been a good opener for Saint Anger other than Frantic? Dirty Window. Not releasing anything at all. I don't know about Dirty Window. I don't think there is one. Yeah, probably Sweet Amber. Some kind of monster might be cool. Some kind of monster would be cool. That might work. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That's a tough record. To, I mean, yeah. How about we uh, the homework, everybody? Reorder San Anger just for fun. Someone write it down for Paul and send it to him. I'd yeah, rather right. listen to Lulu. <laughs> All right, my number wow. seven. Strong words <laughs> over there, dude. Okay, my number seven. Similar, similar to Ethan, not different. Hit the lights. Uh, for me, it fails lyrically. It 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 makes a lot of sense for the time. Hard to begrudge them. You know, it doesn't make sense for James to write a lyric as fucking amazing as unforgiven three in 1981 or two sure i mean that that song even kind of predates metallica a little bit so i get it it's a bay area thrash anthem and it sums up with those 
knuckleheads are all about, but I think it also suffers for the same reason that it succeeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I a poet? Am I a philosopher? And you don't know. It. it suffers for the very reason it succeeds. Thus says Clinton Wells. All right, Paul, number seven for you. Fight fire with fire. Mm. Boo. I'm going to boo that. Well, boo. Only reason is... No big deal. It's the last of the interchangeable section. Everything above that <laughs> is concrete. How about... This is an interesting question for you, sonically. How did they make that acoustic sound so good in 1984? Yeah. That... that, that, Well, it's a 12 string, so there's twice as many strings. Oh, is that how they did it? Isn't that crazy? It's like this. Play it, Paul. I can't play It is amazing, though, that they got... Some of those acoustic sonics on those early albums sound so good. That fade to black acoustic stuff sounds great. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I do love the brazenness of like right after Kill 'em All, they're starting that album with an acoustic guitar. Yeah, I know. They were basically like, fuck all you guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. We are Metallica. We I, do not give a fuck about your little precious tribalism. Uh, Don't you think that's string. the Cliff influence? A hundred percent that yeah, was Cliff. I, oh, for sure, yeah. hundred percent. He was the one that didn't care. Yeah. The most. I think a lot of them had that, but I, I think someone like James, the leader of the band, looked to Cliff for that energy. Yeah. For sure he did, yeah. And, and the har- the harmonic sort of classical vibe of that intro, that intro is still hard for me to figure out what's going on. It's it's like f- the the the, f- the phrasing is weird, the timing is weird. Mm-hmm. It's very classically, um, yeah. yeah. It's very influenced by classical music. For That's sure. Cliff for sure. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. All right, Ethan, number seven. Number seven. Ain't my bitch. I felt like that was an appropriate are, place to put it. You guys are fucked up. By the way, <laughs> earlier today when I, my initial list. We would have tied right there. Really? Yeah. You revised your list? Before I got here. I didn't do it like now. <laughs> no, I was, I was, I was. You did a revision before yeah. I came over. What's wrong with that? Nothing. I, you can revise your list now if you want. Well, fine. What am I, the goddamn metal police? Ain't <laughs> my bitch, number one. Um, I, again, in the context of the record, it's a great opener. Um, I really dig the song. Uh, but. I mean, back to my point on a lot of these things, everything above it, I, I, can't, I can't find it in the depths of my heart to put that above. You looked? What? In the depths of your heart, you looked? Oh, I got down there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You did? Oh, yeah. I, I just want to make sure you looked. I went deep. I All go right. deep. Chris, number seven? I did That Was Just Your Life. Whoa. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. It. Uh, That's a barn burner. Yeah. I mean... It scored pretty high for me as far as you know excitement level, you know representing the album. I did think maybe uh, "All Nightmare Long" possibly could be a better opener, um, but then compared to the other songs and just my personal where it kind of fits in, it, it didn't score very high. So that kind of is what dropped it down to to number seven for me. I think "All, my, All Nightmare Long" is a little too strange. Hmm. It's got that great intro, and they even played it live with like an intro tape, mm-hmm. so it has that sort of spit out the bone, blackened battery. That was just your life. They have like a, it makes sense. Right. But the song is almost too, I always thought of um, All Nightmare Long as like Metallica doing Slayer. Hmm. And the chorus is pretty badass though. Yeah. That, that's a strong point in the song where I could see that maybe working as the intro track where that's the payoff. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 All right. Number six for me, Battery. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, I'm sure battery is going to be high on a lot of lists. Numero seis. I have a documented issue on this 
uh, podcast. I don't resonate with puppets much. Now, if you start taking the songs individually, yes. When I was on the rail with you and Sarah in Birmingham mm-hmm. and in whatever rotating slot they were doing, they did Sanitarium. When they started it, I was kind of bummed. And by the end of it, I realized I sang every yes, second. Did. I like, yeah. screamed every lyric. Yes, you did. And it kind of was like surprising to me how much I didn't know I resonated with that song. Of course, I think Master of Puppets is one of their top three greatest songs, Quintessential Metallica. I love Damage Inc. I love I love Master of Puppets. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I don't respond to it the way I do their other albums. Mm. Okay. And Battery is just never... I mean, it's such a great song, but it's just never really done it for me. So that's why it's number six for me. All right. Fair. Paul? Inner Sandman. Okay. There it is. Yep. Because uh, I thought... How weird would it be for them to start a live show with Inner Sandman? <laughs> they did a lot, actually. Uh, Mexico City. But uh, looking at it, you know, in terms of the album opener, I totally track with everything that's been said already. It could mm-hmm. definitely be swapped and yeah. be more track four position or even finishing out the first side, like you were saying. Right. How often as a producer do the artists that you work with tap you to help sequence an album? Uh, it's like probably 50-50. I'm always down to be a part of the sequencing. Sometimes I'm I've I've been too close to it the whole time. We'll always sequence like as we're finishing the record a couple different ways to for fun, you know, like if we're listening down to everything like okay, don't overthink it, but yeah. go ahead and do a do a sequence that's decided in the next 10 minutes before we listen down to the rough mixes of where we're at and that'll help gauge and help guide the process but i tend to personally front load the best songs yes yeah and so i'm i i know it's not like a super strength of mine i am good at picking the side a closer though Mm. Mm. yeah it's a good quality to have you should put that on your Tinder profile. Yeah. <laughs> side A closer. And that too. 16 time Grammy nominee and hey. side A album closer to Cider, Paul Monk. <laughs> Art Ethan for you, number six? All right, number six is going to be Hardwired. Mm. It's it's a little bit up there, almost at the halfway point. Um, I know you don't necessarily dig that song, but I, I think it's a bit of a. I wouldn't call it's it a like great a great opening track. It's a great opening track. And I don't I wouldn't call it like a all-time Metallica classic, but I think in the in the thrash world of Metallica, that has become a thrash classic in Metallica world. It's definitely mm-hmm. thrashy, which is nice yeah. at this it is, yeah. stage of the game. Totally. I it mean, is nice, yeah. It's it's great. I mean, and and the fact that that came out as their first single and that bitchin' video with the black and white and the strobe yes. lights was so I mean I've talked about it on the podcast. I mean, I saw that they posted it. I'm like, oh, shit. And I ran down to my studio, and I fucking cranked it, and I was so excited. Um, I think it's a great album opener, um, but uh, I, I, I was going to put it a little further down, but couldn't find that in my heart yep. when I looked in the depths <laughs> earlier. All right, Chris, number six. Number six for me is Fight Fire with Fire. Okay. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, it scored pretty high on stuff. On my rankings, you know, I thought I'm not sure if there's another another song on that, that could be a better opener. I thought, you know, maybe I have, I have an idea. Maybe bells, but no. Think about this. All right, imagine this, if you will. Go with me on this trip. Ride the lightning, 1984. Yeah. Opening song, creeping death. Yeah. Whoa. That would totally work. Instead, they have it tucked right before Cthulhu, 
But imagine creeping death as the opener of lightning. And they fight fire with fire, the opening of side B. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was going to think fight fire later. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes more sense to me. I can see that. What were they thinking? I was going to say, this could be a whole sub-series of episodes where we reorder Metallica records. We did that with puppets once. Man. A long time ago. Whoa, man. Whoa, dude. Getting deep. All right. My number five, that was just your life. So that's kind of in the middle for me. It kind of hit all the right things for me to be right in the middle. I don't think the heartbeat, or not, I'm sorry, I was just doing a nightmare. Uh, Who can, exactly. I do think in terms of the, like the battery intro, that like classic, you know, all their like intros that they do, I think that was just your life is like the least exciting, but the song itself Hmm. is just so powerful and they just... They just clearly were not being lazy. Like right. that song has so many intricate sections and it's so well composed. The lyric is great. I mean, that was a huge coming back online moment for me. I've yep. told this story on the podcast. I was married to my first wife in Birmingham, Alabama. No kids. We were living a mid twenties life of just pure joy and freedom. Right. As you as you can imagine when we were all that young. And I remember she had gone to bed and we had this, our house in Birmingham was in this cool uh, downtown district, cool hip East Nashville type right, version yeah. of Birmingham. But the house was structured weird. Like you went in and there was a big room that was a living room. Then there was another big room, which was my studio. Then another big room, which was our bedroom. There were no hallways. Does that yeah. make sense? Can you guys oh, yeah, for kind sure. of imagine that? So I was in my studio where I had my, our dining room was also in there. So I had my like little desk world and we had a grand piano and my rig, like vinyl rig and speakers were set up on the piano. And I remember blasting Death Magnetic and like turning it up like as far as it would go. And my wife literally coming out of the bedroom being like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I was just being like, they're, I was like saying they're back. They're, they're back. back. Yeah. Yeah. They're back. Right. Like a movie. The reason that I love It's that- alive. <laughs> did you go all the way up to uh, level 11? Yeah. I did go to 11. I had to. to 11. Yeah. The reason that I actually love that heartbeat intro and the whole... Chill I thing do like it. the heartbeat because it's like they're alive, right? That's that thing, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. But what I love about that whole intro is is a bit about the return to form thing. But coming off of St. Poo Poo. Um, <laughs> As it's formerly like known. You, you wanted the new Metallica record to be something that wasn't that. It did, I didn't go into it thinking, I really hope it's a thrash record or whatever. Um, I just didn't want it to be that again. And so just hearing that intro, that ominous guitar coming in, um, then there's like those little harmonies. Uh, dude, I got so fucking pumped when I heard that. Yeah. And it's set up for when the first, that dun, gun, 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 gun. When that comes in, it just, it, that was the payoff for me. As yours just says, I may have shot my load. <laughs> man, come on, earmuffs. I'm just repeating what he said, man. Well, I'm repeating to, what I said. I try to keep this rated G. All right, Paul, number five. That was just your life. Boom! Nailed it! Yep. That's two. I mean, that is death magnetic. Yeah. Right. Totally. And live, it would have slayed (laughs) as an opener. It did. It did. There you go. On the tour of the did. They did the whole death magnetic tour. The the world magnetic tour, they opened with that. It was cool how they did it, too, where... Remember how on Cutting Stunts, they would do this thing where they would do So What with all the lights on? Yeah. Right. Then, then they would burn that whole tune down. You could see them. They were, the whole message I felt like of that was like, 
we're trans we're just we're normal yeah but then the fucking lights would go down and you would hear creeping death and it was almost like that like, was the start of the oh, show wait, we're not yeah. normal oh wait you guys are yeah aliens from from hell right yeah exactly um <laughs> what that was just your life they would do this thing where they would come out and they would do that whole song with almost no lights on except one light on james's face mm-hmm. it was awesome that's so fucking dope it was so yeah. awesome and then they would i think they would go into the end of the line i think so. they yeah. liked to kind of do the track one track two live yeah we fact checker we got a fact checker over it. here i have it because i have that show that i saw on my phone listen, oh my god i might be wrong it. oh my god am i wrong we have listen paul talked about having a fact checker in the corner yep here we go this is this is just a little glimpse of what could be uh, so Chris, can we check the that? Milwaukee, Milwaukee, uh, Milli- 2009, Milli- January Milli-Waka. 12th, Milwaukee. Uh, the end of the line was number two. <laughs> Nailed it. <Shoot. laughs> what was number three? Probably broke, broken. Junior dad. <laughs> Ride the lightning. <laughs> Ride the lightning, of course. Holy shit, killer. Yeah. Wow. Harvester Sour, one, broken, beaten, scarred, yeah. One, that early in the set, that's so crazy. All right, Ethan, you're number five? Well, I think boys might be three for three. Really? Wow. That was just your life. Chris, tell me you got that. No, you already did that. That was just your life, did didn't it. you? All right. I mean, I don't know what else there's to say about it that I haven't yeah. already said. You guys have already said What's your number I think five? it's a killer opener, and I, yeah. I love it. All right. Give me fuel. Give me fire. Give me that which I desire. All right. Uh, all right. We can, we, we can still be friends. I can't be friends with Paul or Ethan anymore, but you and I can still be friends, I think. So, so is there a better, a better song on Reload to open? What do you think about Slither? I love. I actually love Slither, and I love where it's at. I do love yeah, where it's at. Yeah, not more than Fuel. By Beck? I think Memory Remains could have been a good opener. Nobody? No, by Velvet Revolver. Nobody? What? Slither. Oh, I used to cover that in a cover band. You said something about, and, and, and that's something about where it's at, and I was like, by Beck. Uh, well, that's where I it's was at. Making a Beck you were making an Odalay joke. You were making a Velvet Revolver joke. Here's the problem with making an Odalay joke. 200 years too late. It's true. Hey, remember when MTV2 came out? Yes. And the whole premise was just videos. We're just going to show videos, baby. Yeah. I was so excited. The first video they debuted and premiered on MTV2 was Where It's At by Beck. Was it really? Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I was there for it. I was yeah. in like seventh grade, had it dialed up on the, on the boob tube. Quick tangent city. Oh. Isn't it amazing that... MTV was this thing we all grew up and loved. It was just videos and all music, about music. television. Right? Music, television. Then slowly in the early 90s, we had like the real world season one in New York and then Seattle and blah, blah. And then it slowly became what it became. And then MTV2 happens. And it's like finally back to just yep. music videos. And then that slowly formed into... Young and, and pregnant or whatever. Yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> 16 yeah. and pregnant. <laughs> Young and pregnant part three. Yeah. Don't they have... What, what, isn't there one now called like MTV Classic Sweet or something? Sweet 16. No, no, I'm just... Oh, uh, yeah, M- yeah. No, no. Oh, yeah. So when I... Uh, you would know this. Yeah, they... they There was an awesome channel that sprouted up maybe like 09, 010. 010, I think. Called oh, uh, Palladia. Oh, yeah. I remember and it Palladia. Was, it yeah. was all... Live, live HD shows, shows yeah. and I was loving it. And then I came home one night and I turned it on, and it was called MTV Live. And I was like, "Oh, here we go again." And for a while, it was all live MTV stuff. It was like Palladia, but they had changed the name. And then slowly but surely, all the pregnant teenagers <sighs> migrated over. Teen Mom Three. Yeah. <laughs> why call it? Why have different iterations? It's Teen Mom. Yeah. There's Teen Mom 2 and 3. Yeah, there's a lot of that stuff. Anyways. Well, well, so now what I have, I have three channels that I rotate 
at late at night when you guys are trying to text me about Gosh, how to prepare Plydia for the awesome. show tomorrow? Plenty was was dope. MTV Live, just to see if they're actually showing music. Most of the time, it's not. VH1 Classic. That's I love thing. VH1 That's Classic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, VH1 Classic is the best. I think. Yeah, it's awesome. That's what we used to watch that metal, that metal show. show. On, yeah. but that's mm-hmm. no longer around. No. And then there's a new one to me, like maybe five or six years old. Very cheesy. Definitely marketed to guys maybe 10, 15 years older than me and up. Called Axis. I watch that. Yeah, yeah. They have some great stuff. Well, on like that. Brian Johnson shows on that. Yeah, yeah. Where he interviews yeah, yeah. people. What's that show called? Uh, oh, he it's inter- like Life on the Road. He interviews or Lars. Like that. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. But yeah. it'll, but it'll be Axis TV is like. It'll be like classic rock legends, and it'll just be it'll be like what VH1 used to be or something. Right, right. It'll yeah. be like big big exposés on the Who and shit. And they got the a Who, bunch of live stuff on there. The all Who, the time, it'll man. be like a whole Eagles concert. The Who live at Leeds. Yeah. They show the classic albums revisited. So stuff. we have a thing called Sling, which is basically fifty bucks a month for TV. Yeah, it yeah. basically has gone back to TV. This is an app yeah. that's just TV with commercials. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, that's full what it circle. is. It's full circle. It's like Apple. This one's smaller, and, and then the next. Well, now they're making. Now you know, bigger. now they're making smartphone lights. Yeah, yeah. A light smartphone that doesn't do all the shit. It just sends texts and makes phone calls. Yeah, apparently, my wife is looking at looking up the new iPhone 12 today, and apparently, there's an iPhone 12 Mini. Yeah. Smaller. It you all just, goes in circles. You can just put it right in your butt. It's really cool. Do you remember the old SNL sketch? The what was the yes. uh, the iPhone? Will Ferrell. Pe- iPhone Pequeno. Uh, you're talking about the Express or whatever where he would yeah. take the call yeah. on his like, little picture phone. <laughs> Those are so good. Does anyone know where we're at or on like this list? Uh, number five. I just said number five. Chris was... Yeah, so, yeah, Chris said number five. So you're number four. Oh, okay. Oh, yep. Did you already you, go? You went? I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, well, I had fuel. All right, so, yeah. we're, so we're top five, okay? And my number four is Ain't My Bitch. Uh, because I think it... Ain't my choice. Well, ain't my fucking problem. Ain't my butt. Fine. Uh, everyone knows I love these albums. I love Load and Reload. They're very important to me. I also recognize that the spiritual significance has a lot to do with my age and what I was going through at the time. So all that caveated. All right. So I do think it just sets the albums up. I like the attitude of it. And I do think that... I do think of what I said earlier when someone had me a bitch super you know, late in their list. It's fast. It's thrashy. It's got double bass. It's heavy. I think that's as close as you're going to get to what people who like the Black Album uh, want from Metallica. Mm-hmm. What's another album on load that could scratch that itch more than Ain't My Bitch? Another song on load? Yeah. Uh, or another album on load. Yeah. Either one. Like a song that's like got the fast attitude. Yeah, I, don't I don't think know. it exists. I don't think it does. Now, could other songs on load have been better? I don't know. Maybe. Probably Lomas lyric. I don't know. That's on reload, bro. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. So Dirty Gertie. Exactly. <laughs> Dirty Gertie, baby. So that's number four for me. Are you, Paul? Blackened. Really? Oh, boy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. I think we're going to have, I thought we were going to have a unanimous number one, but yeah. it looks like you uh, remember, shit the bed here. Remember, no, it's my choice, bro. <laughs> it ain't my bitch, dude. Yeah. It ain't my bitch, Paul. Uh, Remember, my original judgment criteria was live bands that have opened for Metallica. And, <laughs> well, okay, my and, second. And then, your favorite band is Blackened. Yeah, after Volbeat is Blackened. Um, All right. Yeah, I think when I show you my top three, uh huh, it will make sense in terms of okay. live openers. Okay. 
Even though we're not talking about live. I know. <laughs> Ethan, everybody everybody at home that. totally tracks with us right now. They know I screwed up, and they love this. I sure hope so. It's, they love you. It's good they material. Love you, they love you. Okay. Paul, you can do no wrong. You can do no wrong. All right, my number four. I'm gonna tell, at least it's truthful. I could have lied my way through Here's this. the only guy in Metal Up Your Podcast history that's ever gotten hate mail. Yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. No hate mail for Ethan. Yeah. Just me. I've, got, I've had a few comments, but not, Have a, you? not a mail. Well, those were just me. Well, no, there was, there was a... That was me trying to offset. We won't go into it, but All right. there was a thing. Number four for you? Number four for me is Fight Fuego with Fuego. Okay. <laughs> Fuego. That's four is, a res- four is a respectable position. It is, yeah. I think it's... Um, Again, back to the acoustic thing. It's it's so different and, and weird coming from Kill 'Em All. Yeah, um, and it's such a not to use an overused metal term, but it's just a fucking brutal song once that kicks in. Can I say this before we get to uh, Metallic Claws? Yes. So Brad Blazik was at my house. I don't know how long ago. Time is very strange now. Mm-hmm. I think it was maybe six months ago. And uh, he's a big part of the Metal Up Your Podcast family. Yeah. He also co-hosts sing- Single Podcast Theory. Yep. It was after we had done our our. Um, uh, Slayer episode on their big album, Rain and Blood. Mm-hmm. And we had kind of done kind of what we do in our Slayer episodes. We're like a little exhausted, right? Kind of? <laughs> well, I'm trying to be nice. Shit, track, I'm trying to be nice. Track three, I'm just like... <gasps> so we had burnt all 28 minutes down of Rain and Blood and we were kind of worn out. We kind of got that Slayer fatigue. So Brad, who's a big Slayer cat, was over at my house for some reason. And I have Rain and Blood on vinyl, right? Mm-hmm. So he was kind of giving me a hard time for a slag in it. So we we burn it down on vinyl, and I do got to say it was a lot more fun not doing a podcast yeah. with someone who I, who loves the album right. on vinyl in, in my A rig in my living room while my family's asleep. But you're also kind of I'd imagine that scenario too. You're kind of like just shooting the shit. Yeah, and like exactly. It, you're not focusing on content right. for an episode of a podcast. Totally. That, um, and it was a more pure experience. So I did like it. Okay, we burnt it down, and this is all to your point. This is why I bring up this tangent. Okay, we burn it down, and I was still. I was a little toasty. I was like having fun, ribbing him a little bit because he was so into it. And I was like, let me put something on for you that's going to blow all that away. Like a little, like a fucking candle in the wind. Tori Amos. <laughs> Scarlet's Walk by Tori Amos. No, I put on Fight Fire with Fire. I yeah. put on track one of Ride the Fucking Lightning from two years earlier. Forget the acoustic intro. The thrash, bombastic, fucking pummeling a fight fire mm-hmm. is just it's no joke it blew the entire rain and blood away to me yeah what did he think he agreed he he did agree yeah well also there's there's also a song in there too well that's like, that, that's the magic that's the magic that. of metallica exactly. because yeah. underneath all that power was always a fucking song yeah, yeah. and underneath slayer I, I just don't think there's a song in that it's mm. just all power it's all pummeling and that's that's the magic of slayer there's nothing wrong with that at all it's a it's a good thing there's nothing wrong with it but if you're going to compare it to the fucking mighty metallica it's like well it paled it really paled in comparison to it's like that one song blew the whole fucking album away right it was an interesting it was an interesting experiment to do together anyway all right so chris for you number four battery i would have thought that would have been higher on your list okay yeah it it was tough but but you found a way yeah, I, I think there was a couple other songs that, you know, if I had my option that I would, you know, which one do you want to listen to first? There's a few other songs I was like, yeah, I'd probably listen to these other songs first. 
So that's what caused battery to kind of slip just a little bit. Don't to, you to kind slot of four. don't you feel like the 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 one arm of the criteria being how you just actually just feel about the song? That's mm-hmm. like the most important part. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 100%. how it functions is a thing, but mm-hmm. how you actually just feel about it. Yeah, right. That kind of trumps it a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, that. it could be looked at as a list of ten favorite right album your, your favorites. Yeah. yeah, almost like the premise of the whole episode. I, it could be that, but. I'm saying just <laughs> come on, dude. I'm saying the criteria being do I like the song? Right, right, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's another song on Master of Puppets that would be a better opener than than Battery. What about Damage Inc.? I was, I was, uh, with that swelly, that swelly cliff stuff, that would be the disposable heroes. Maybe I think that's too. I think it's too much. Mm-hmm. I think that the saw the flavor is too strong. I, I just like the but, intro to battery too much where I think that just it just leads you into what what's coming down the It would be sure. weird to hear you know? that intro. It would have to be a side B opener. But in the yeah. world without vinyl, battery unless you just flip-flop damaging and battery. Battery could end the album. Yeah. Can I stop the battery? You know, that could be a pretty dope ending. Yeah, could be. Right? Or we open with yeah. Orion and say fuck yeah. all of it. Dude, there you go. <laughs> now we're talking. Okay, so now we're here in the top three. Yep. Coveted top three. Number three for me, Five Fire. Uh, you know, Lightning's my favorite Metallica album. Right. The song is very special to me. I've already gone on long enough about it. Paul, what's your top three? Battery, baby. Battery. All right. Yeah. Okay, so we have, is that three batteries not in the, in the one or two slot? My battery was number six. That's right. I had battery. You're not a true. You're right. I'm not a true. <laughs> Neither am I. Um, Are you making edits, Paul? No, I'm marking them off as we <laughs> oh. go. Okay. okay. Ethan, number three for you. Paul's got battery. Battery. Yeah, battery. Battery's number three. I'm surprised no one's mentioned this yet that I haven't called out Enter Sandman. Wow. Mm. That's number three for me. Wow. And a lot of that, Wow. <clears throat> slightly going back to the talk of it being the first track on the record, a lot of my choice in it being number three is that I was already hip to Metallica at that point when that album came out, but when that when I got the copy of that cassette in my hand, I remember where I bought it on a family vacation in my Walkman, listened to it nonstop. Hearing that intro of the record just got me so excited. And as a young guitar player, I am hearing these riffs thinking like, I think I can play that. Where when I bought the Master Puppet CD a year earlier. There's no way. I'm like, no, I can't, I can't play battery. I still can't yeah. play battery. I finally cracked the code, by the way. I could play battery if you gave me like six hours. I cracked the code. Really? On the on the fast picking? Yeah, just the, the main. You you I will say this about you. You have a good right hand. You have a fast right hand. You really do. <laughs> he does. He does, folks. Because I've watched him masturbate for almost four <laughs> years. Almost four years now. What? It's all. It's been almost four years. It's not a big deal. Everyone's chill. So out. you're saying that it, everyone be cool. Be cool, baby. You're saying it was one of the first times you felt like, oh, I could do that. Yeah, I had a, I had a, a very personal connection to the song as, as a as a new young guitar player. Yeah. That's important, man. Very important. And yeah. so even to this day, when I in the morning is kind of like my vinyl time. Like my wife's at work, I'm making breakfast and just drinking coffee. And if I put on the Black Album, I don't skip Inner Sandman ever, because mm. hmm. to me it's just, it's part of the whole record, it, it, and it's, it's part of what 
some of my most vivid memories are of purchasing that record with my own money and, and hearing that. And, and it didn't matter to me back then how big that song got or quote unquote overplayed that a lot of people say, I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's a great song. And I, you know, I love it. Number three for me. So, all right. You're just, uh, I picked hardwired. Mm. Maybe I'm still, uh, still riding cloud nine on, on yeah. the newer album. But I mean, I, I love the thrashiness of it. I love the energy of it. I don't think there's a better song on that album to be an opener. Yeah. Uh, it just kind of checked off all the boxes for me. Love it, dude. It, it gets me pumped. I, I can't deny it. it. I mean, you guys have seen me at shows. It gets me excited. It's weird to call it a new album still. <laughs> it's the newest. Four years. Been four years. years. <laughs> yeah. Newest studio album. I mean, of course the newest is SM too, but it is weird that, yeah, it's just over four years old. I will say we knew Chris for a while before we got to see him in action at the Nashville gig. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think we were Dude. prepared for... <laughs> Seeing him in Me action. Me and Wayne. <laughs> it's Wayne. It's, it's the award. Here are the awards for most into it ever at a show are Wayne Summers and Chris Yerges. How about Sarah Sobeck? No, Sarah played it cool. She plays pretty cool, yeah. No, no, I'm talking about how Wayne, Wayne was literally like... Um, a pinball machine. He was bouncing yeah. around. And then yeah. he would come up and he would yell so loud in my ear that I still can't hear out of that ear. <laughs> so that was Wayne, which which every all of our interactions with Wayne before then, super chill. Yeah. Yeah. And then Chris was less, uh, you know, going to damage your organs, your vital organs. But Chris was definitely off the, you know, off the chain. You, you weren't, you weren't like, you know, we had a vibe of like arms over. Really the Nashville gro- vibe. We were grooving. We did the Nashville, we've been yeah. trained. Chris was like, bye, Chris. Hey, Chris. Bye, Chris. Chris is over here. He's vibing with these people. Oh, dude, he was down. all over the place. He's yeah. headbanging. You were wearing like a red, you were wearing a battle vest with like a red shirt. I, I think I had my Honey Badger shirt on, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a sight to behold. It was, yeah. All right, here we go. Top two. Number two for me, and fuck all you guys, Fuel. Fuel at number Fuel. two. Duh. Well, so predictable, dude. Oh, come on, man. You're such a load, reload guy. Come on, man. Here's <laughs> the deal. Make his, stake his flag in the ground. Listen, man, fuel kick fuel kicks ass, and I think um, I've not made this argument well in the past, but I'm gonna try it again after several whiskeys. What's number um, one? I disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you wish. Tom Cruise. Wishes. You know how much I love I disappear. I love it a lot more now. Um, I think fuel is really similar to Inner Sandman in terms of impact for Metallica, because at that time it was all over MTV. It was such a it's such a catchy it's a catchy amazing song it's an amazingly commercial not in a shitty way commercial the way Tom Sawyer's commercial right. commercial the way with or without you's commercial commercial songs are sucks you choose garbage apparently yeah garbage I'm but. just saying fuel is next to entertainment in terms of its pop culture appeal everyone knows fuel yep mm-hmm. you know not everyone knows creeping death we do but everyone in the whole world knows entertainment man no question. Yeah. The country band that I toured with for the last four years, we had a section of the show where the artist dickhead guy goes off. <laughs> you goes, can say that now. Yeah. He goes off stage so he can do whatever the fuck he does, take a little break. And we were basically given the reins to curate like a little 15-minute section of pop culture. 15 minutes? Maybe not 15. What does he need to do for 15 time, minutes? Man. Get a massage. <laughs> Take I, I, oxygen. I, I don't even I'll, answer I'll tell that. You when, I'll tell yeah, you when yeah. we go off. So we were doing 
Cashmere. We were doing Smoke on the Water. We it was basically everyone's moment. Chris, you saw this live. I did. Yes. Chris. Yeah. Chris came to some shows. Is it kind of like a? It's like a crowd pleaser moment. Like let, let's play some stuff. Is like crowd that, please? Well, here's the deal. Stoked. Here's the deal. And a lot of people don't know this about Chris, but Chris actually grew up on country music. So Chris loves country music. A lot of the guys in our band really didn't. We grew up on Metallica. Right. We can play country music because we're professionals in Nashville, and you guys all know what the bar is like for that, and we can all do it. But if we're going to be given, it's basically a section for everyone to play a solo. Well, we're not going to play Alan Jackson for that. Right. Although I love Alan, I, I mean, and I've seen Alan and done AJ? gigs with Alan. But here's what we're going to do: Cashmere, Inner Sandman, Running with the Devil, yep. fucking Smoke on the Water, all that crap. And the moment that I go into, so we do all of our solos, we wrap it all up, and then I walk out, and if there's a big catwalk, which there was often with those gigs, I would walk out to the middle of the fucking festival, and I would start going, da-da-da-da-da-da. And this guy I played with had a lot of huge number ones, eight or, t- eight or nine huge number ones. That song brought the fucking house down every time. Inner yeah. Sandman. Did anybody right. sing, or was it just instrumental? You guys uh, just did the, just we did just, the main riff, We right? just did the main riff. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. That um, makes sense. So that's the so most. Would great... you call that your doodle section? Yeah, that was our doodle. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, total doodle section. But fuel, I think, is it the best Metallica song? No. Is it as good as Entertainment? No. But in terms of how that song for MTV and for the time and the culture, how it hit everybody, everyone knows. Denna, da, denna, da, denna, denna, denna. Give me fuel. Give me fire. Give me that which I desire. Yeah. Right. That everyone knows that. Yeah. NASCAR uses it, right? They used to, yeah. Uh, wrestling people do it. Oh, it's yeah. just a fucking huge song. It it's is, a yeah. great album opener. It is, yeah. I've made my Which case. Which is why I had it number nine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul, number two for you. Hit the lights. See, number I get two. it. I get yeah. it. I had hit the lights at number seven, but I get it being up there too because it's... It started it all. It started it's it all. Yeah. It's, yeah. It started it it's all. It's hit the fucking lights. Come on. No left to leather, man. We're going to kick some ass tonight. I think we've already kicked a lot of ass tonight. Ethan, number two. Good. Or Paul, do you have more to say no. about it? See, Ethan, I number already two? checked it off. You already checked it off. Oh, you're checking it's a, them it's off. It's official. And that's because you had enough to drink. You're like, wait, what number are we at? Number two. I know you. Come on. <laughs> hey, you. I know you. Uh, number two. Might surprise you guys. Blackened. What? Blackened oh boy. number I knew, two. I knew what your number one would be. Oh, boy. You didn't think my number one would be blackened? No, I did think it would be blackened, actually. Because like, when we what do I said. like our any of our like uh, metal madness stuff or or any times I've ranked whatever, Blacken is number one. It's my favorite Metallica song. I mean, Blacken is like the greatest Metallica song. The greatest Metallica songs, if we're not even playing this game, are Blackened, Puppets, Creep, or Creep. Right? Is is there anything that could be above those three songs? Not not even Faded Black could be Ronnie. above. <laughs> You well, leave aside, Prince Charming aside, aside from Ronnie outside Prince of Charming. Slither and yeah. fucking Attitude, Chris. Are there any songs that could be in the top three other than those three songs? Oh, you know what? Maybe Four Horsemen. Hmm. Four Horsemen, and maybe and maybe Seek. Yeah, I mean, for me bells? personally, from the belt for me, bells yeah, is up there. Bells has to be up there. Bells is up there. But for me personally, too. Now, grant this is an One. album version, but I got to put Outlaw S and M in there too. It, it just Ethan, you should listen to that song sometime. What is it, what's it called? <laughs> the Outlaw Tour. Outlaw is up there. Is that like, it? Would be I hard to the put the S version of Outlaw. I, I think it's just one of their. There. If you're gonna pick for me, if you're gonna pick something out of that load reload era to be like the f- up there, yeah, it is that version of that. Song. For you, it wouldn't be Memory or Fuel or Unforgiven Two, no, or Bleeding Me. 
No, I, yeah, I think I think I think it's over bleeding me. Even. Or will the where the wild things are? It wouldn't <laughs> even be that. Okay, so your number two, uh, Paul. Yeah. yeah! Whoa! Uh, <laughs> hit the lights. That was a connection. Yeah. Same thing. Um, just like Paul said, I, th- I think you go back to the beginning. Yep. And the trash can opening, the fade in, just everything about it. It's like it just it gets me excited. It, it it does everything that you would hope an opener would do. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I completely agree. It was at some number seven for me, but it could have easily been almost number one because it. They still play to this day. It still has the power. Yep. yep, totally. The lyrics are silly, but they were silly then. And it, the it's fact the that it's the charm of it, though. I don't know. It, if that was, is the charm of it. I don't know if it right? was silly back then. No, it wasn't silly back then. Back then, it was a credo. Of course, it was. Yeah, I mean, back then now, it was a mantra. Looking back, it's like, oh, that's silly. Yeah. But back then, in in 1983, no, it was badass. It was like, yeah. dude, no life told. They were literally killing ass tonight. They were literally killing posers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that was the soundtrack to the murder in the fucking alleys of the Bay Area. And the front row. All right, number one. Here it is for all the goddamn chips. Here we go. Blackened. I support that. But what's your number one, though? <laughs> but I support that. I support that. <laughs> Hardwired to self-destruct. Holy wow. shit, that was my number 10. Yeah. I didn't even think that you... Wow. I don't remember you... I'm baffled right now. Yeah. That's your number one. Okay. How did well, I not miss that you didn't say that? Once wow. again, let's put on the lens of live openers, right? Great live opener. When this uh, podcast started and the hype over the new record, and I remember you sending me the link to the Hardwired video, yeah, and we're freaking out, yeah, yeah. right? And then, you know... I guess I wasn't on that text thread. You <laughs> may go back, you probably were. Spoiler, spoiler alert. I probably was. I hadn't seen Metallica before the podcast started. Before and, the, before Detroit. Yeah. And Hardwired in Detroit. Unbelievable. It's, it's a great opener. It really is. It is. Yeah. It's a great live opener. So that's why I put it number one. Now let's talk about the actual thing. Album openers. Uh, I, the way it opens that record is undeniable. It probably wouldn't be number one on my list. If I had done my homework, <laughs> but I stand by it. Number that's one, nice, though. No, that's nice. I like it. I like it. Do, do you think because it was the last song to be written for that album that it helped make it as good of an opener that it is? Hmm. I do. Yeah, probably. And is that a formula that works in other I cases? Know, like, I, don't, I don't know if that's a formula no. that people strive for. I think it's a thing out of necessity. It's like, shoot, we need, we need a song. song. Yeah. yeah. And you, and it's like you, you know so the, from a producer standpoint, like what would be the like the key that like oh we need none of these feel like an opener that like we need something yeah. else. Art, artists, the most creative artists are also really 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 bad at doing homework, and so preparation. It's like you get into making a record, you realize oh we need an album opener, and once that pressure is applied, like and we need it now because we're almost done with this whole album. That's when artists come alive. Yeah. They just have to have their feet held to the fire. And so I could totally see it being like James or somebody being like, okay, and coming back the next day and saying, I got an idea. And they work on it and it becomes the album opener. Right. You know? is, is that just a feel thing that, you know, with what they have already, that's like none of these feel like an opener? Or like what, what's that cue that like, oh, none of these. Right. Uh, I think, I mean, 
I don't know how it happened, but they could have started sequencing what they had and realizing, man, nothing we're putting in number one slot is really working. I think they probably had Greg saying, I don't think we have an opener yet. Yeah. Right, we, yeah. we, could, we could fit something in because you're Metallica and right. we have these other great right. songs. But there, when they do talk about making that album, I think Hardware was even shorter. I think because yeah. Lars says when we uh, he says when we finished that song there was it was two minutes long. Wow! And they had to actually find build a bridge or double up a chorus. Fine, we'll give Kirk a solo because it's almost even as much as it is thrash. It's it's really kind of a punk rock song. Yeah. Oh yeah. And also, you got to remember, I mean, how many songs has James written at this point? At least sixteen songs. Yeah, at least. <laughs> minimum. I can't really do the math, but 16 minimum, right. But when when you live a life as a songwriter and as an artist, you get lost in the the chaos of all the stuff that you, you know, you're writing and Right. He might have had pieces of hardwired or whatever, you know, for a long time before realizing it was going to be the the opener to the the album. I I did a record one time with an artist in this room. It was me. We got we got done with the record, and the artist's family came in, and we played them the record. Definitely. And his mom. When you say artist family, do you mean like team, like management, or you mean the actual no, family? The family. Like wife and kids. His mom goes, kids. "How come you haven't uh, played blah blah blah?" And he was like, "Oh, I forgot about that song." And I was like, "Will you play it for me?" And Wait, he sat uh, down. Like and, a song you guys hadn't recorded. I had never heard it. Wow. wow. It was called The Great Awakening, and he sat down and Thanks, played Mom. it. And I was like, that's the best song, and we we have to record that. Mm. We recorded it, it became the title of the record, and then got nominated. That song got nominated for a Grammy. Thank you, and Mom. Jeez. He would have never known about it if his mom hadn't been like, what happened to that Great Awakening what's that, song? I love what's, that. What do you attribute that blind spot to? It, um, it seems like an artist should have a sense of what their strongest material is. Well, I think in, in the case of that artist, he's, he is a prolific writer, just constantly. Just tons of shit. And, mm-hmm. and so what happens is the stuff that's the newest is the, the hottest, and yeah, that's what you care sure, about yeah. because it's, it's fresh. When in actuality, a song you wrote a year ago might be a better song, but it was a year ago. Mm. You know? Well, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong here, but you, do you not sometimes like jump around when you're recording where it's okay, you're in this you're doing this part for this song and then you're oh, recording yeah. the same for that yeah, like yeah. you're jumping around yeah. all the time. Yeah. Right. And I think even some of the videos of hardware, like we saw James like he's on the wrong key for something mm-hmm. and you know, they had to kind of correct you know, everyone's kinda of like looking like, hey, does that sound that doesn't sound right, you know? Yeah. And then they had to fix you know. I can t- totally see where you just kinda of get lost and yeah. you get so tunnel vision. You can, and you gotta remember these guys making a record is such one small portion of their giant lives with lots of responsibility, lots to keep track of. They're running multiple businesses. They have families. They're they're businessmen. Dude, it's crazy. And you can actually, even even in a very distortive aesthetic way, you can see it in those making of videos where they splice them together. I mean, in one second when they're working on the verse, you know, Lars has a whole beard. Right. And another moment where they're working on a bridge... He's completely, you know, like yeah. obviously a lot of time has passed yeah, and changed totally. and they have an interesting process where what it seems like to me is that James writes a bunch of riffs and maybe Kirk does too in a, in a normal year, not the hardwired year. And Lars puts He did, the, he lost him on his phone, dude. Well, that's the great, that's the great 
you know, allegation, yeah. hints and allegations and things left unsaid. <laughs> nice collective soul. I oh. knew you would like, fucking shine. Yeah. How I important? How here we go? How important is that riff? Here, Paul's here gonna go. do it. Wait, wait. Hold on, let me get Tumble Reed. Ron, hold on. Well, this is a song we wrote here on hints, allegations, and things left unsaid. Take it, Paul. I don't even remember how to. Play. It's in D. It's in D. Did it? I, don't, I literally see, don't remember. Gonna, I haven't played yeah, that yeah, riff see. in 20 years. Here, you do it. You just played it. Come here, man. Let me, let me, first of all, you played it all <clears throat> I know I did. Wow. Don't drop it. Don't drop it. Don't drop it. I ain't going to drop shit, man. Look, man, you do it up here. There you go. Wait. It sounds in tune now, too. It's in tune, yeah. <laughs> we just lost, like, 30 listeners. Who's going to do Tumbleweed Ron now that I can't? You ready, Ethan? <laughs> Two, three, four... Well, I don't know what we're talking about right now. I don't remember the words of this song. I'm tumbleweed wrong. When I was moseying around these parts, this song or band didn't even exist. No, were they born yet? Yeah. yeah. But I know that part. Whoa. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something, Paul. Hey, hey. Whoa. There you go. Heaven let your light shine. All right, Ethan, what's your number one? Now that we did all this. <laughs> After that tangent. It, kind of, it does sound in tune when I play, right? I think what it is, it's the, it's the top two E strings that are out of tune. Or B. Mm-hmm. Or B. If I can just play these two, I'm fine. Which is why that song worked. All right. What's your number one? Battery. I knew it. I assumed all y'all would assume about me that black would be number one, but... And Blacken is, you know, of course. I but don't you're a puppets guy. I'm a puppets guy. You're a puppets guy. I am a puppets guy. But I, Blacken is my favorite Metallica song. I think as far as an album opener goes, I think that Battery might be a little more superior. Um, Why? <clears throat> the million God, dollar question. Chris with the hard question. <laughs> <laughs> um, Got to make you justify your answer here. Well, there's bass in it. Um, <laughs> there's, there's that. that. <laughs> I mean... Those two are very tough to compare. They're both in just amazing album openers for sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you would replace Blacken with. As do you, an do opener. you think the length, because battery being a little bit shorter no, and all that, helps it as an opener? No, I don't care about length. I, I, I just the record show. I just don't think the battery. The record show. I don't think the battery. No, just real quick. Just sorry. Just let the record show. Ethan doesn't care about length. Uh, that you said it. I, I'm just. I, I don't. I, Never you have. Well, I'm secure in that. So, <laughs> well, you don't care about length, and yeah, and I get it. I get that. Yeah. Well, it's not about the length. It's about just the content. Hold on it's about a the motion the of the content. ocean. Hold on a second. Sorry. <laughs> um, I just love the battery. Just really never lets up. Aside from the intro, there's only one part that goes like, you know, a slightly half time I like before that. the solo, and that's I it. actually, you know what? It's funny that you mentioned that. I actually like that part of battery because once it starts, it's so it's so intense and in your face. And I like that kind of di- when they hit those diamonds. It's like the dun. dun it goes that half time, and then it goes right into that cool. Dun, 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 yeah, dun, dun, you know, I like that about it too. Yeah, um, where Blackened, you know, has the. Which is amazing. 
but battery just is just a fucking onslaught. You're talking about a section of, of black one they go, and I don't know what all those issues are. Masturbation, <laughs> planet dies, coronation, salvation, circumcision, sonoray. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my number one. All right, Chris, we're bringing it all back home to old Metallicalaz. Number one. I think we're the only ones that are right on this. It's got to be blackened, right? I mean, it we has to be blackened. We are the only ones who got it right. I mean, come on. Not it's hard. It's awesome hard. live as an opener. It's, it's for awesome sure on blackened. the album opener. Like, <laughs> it's for it has sure to be blackened. blackened. I agree with you, Chris. It can for sure be battery, too. No, well, actually, I'm not so sure it's battery, but you know what I'm sure about? That it's blackened. Exactly. Because it is blackened. Because the two of you said so? Yes. <laughs> That's all that matters. Well, apparently me and Paul are going to start a rival Metallica podcast. Yeah. <laughs> There's Blackened, already a lot of... Hardwired to battery. But isn't Blackened your favorite Metallica song? It is. But that, does that... Doesn't compute. Does that mean... Man, does not compute. Does that mean it's the best album Awesome does not compute. <clears throat> this isn't a right or wrong situation. Yes, it is. And it's battery. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this was a fun combo. You know, we yeah, have to do. So fun. We'll have to do it all again. Oh, oh, oh! oh, oh. oh. Ethan's keep, keep grabbing talking. the guitar. Uh, he couldn't resist it, could you? Yeah. Couldn't resist it. What's funny is, we what, col- what collective soul song are you going to play? <laughs> I'm not. This better be in normal tuning. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> Man, you got a good touch, dude. That sounds good. Except for that last chord. <laughs> Except when you fuck it up. You know what? Can you keep playing that while I get us out? I'll get us out yeah. of here? Yeah. Well, listen. This was probably my favorite episode we've ever recorded. I want to thank Paul Moak, our guest host, for generously donating HQ3 to us yet Always. again. Always. And for facilitating the recording. I want to thank Chris Yurges. I meant at HQ3, as in we're going to take over the studio. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to thank Chris Yerges for making the trip and for being such a an important part of the journey. Metal Absolutely. Your podcast, a great friend of the show, a great friend of ours, such a generous person. And uh, and I want to thank my co-host, Ethan Luck. You're welcome. For being <laughs> my compatriot and a beautiful guy. I don't know why I'm giving a retirement speech. Uh, we'll be back next week to give you more Metallica content. And if you will keep playing that, um, keep playing battery, please. Okay. And I'm going to do a little harmony part. You ready? <laughs> I would like to one-up this. Paul, grab another kiss. Here we go. <laughs> can, we, uh, can we get some Bon Jovi, too? <laughs> Here we go. Ready? One, two, three, four. One more time. Good night, Dark Continent. Peace. Adios. Thank you. Sayonara. Oh, Chris has his own. Did you do that before? No, he's always had Sayonara. I forgot, sorry. I've always done Sayonara. All right. Was that the best episode we've ever done?
if you were our advisor, what would you say? Then I would say, delete that.